You are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Pesci. How are you? What is going on? What is new? What are you guys working on? Um, Things here have been good. Things are slowing down just a little bit as we get through the back stages of uh, music video post-production and wrapping out Genus projects, which have been coming together so wonderfully. It's really nice to be at this stage where you get to see the fruits of her labor. You get to see all of the the pieces coming together, the edit coming together, the things that we struggle for on set, um, trying to convince clients of ideas that they're unsure of, um, only later to, to get uh, confirmation that they really do like it, that the idea does work. And uh, there's nothing better than uh, feeling like you're supporting an artist, that you're helping that artist uh, convey a story, that you're helping that artist put something out there. Um, and it's been fun. Uh, it's been hard work. Uh, jumping right back in after COVID, uh, I think there was a lot of rust that had to be shaken off. Um, but uh, it's just so inspiring to watch, watch Gina sort of stare at this tidal wave of unknown as it comes barreling down on her and she just digs her heels in and uh, pushes through it and is able to come out of the other side with her vision intact and her style intact. It's incredibly inspiring. Um, so other than that, uh, I'm also back into uh, film prep. So I'm prepping one of the movies and um, I am trying to get back into my script breakdown stages now that I can clear my head from uh, the post-production stuff. But I'm also uh, dealing with, um, you know, trying to help and give the ammunition to the production company that's producing this, um, the, 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 the vision ammunition that they need to help sell this thing up the chain and to, to continue to get the financing, to continue to get actors interested. Um, and I'm learning, <laughs> as always in this business, I feel like we just constantly spun around where you think you understand how to inspire people and you think you understand how to represent yourself, um, I, you just get knocked on your, your ass a little bit. And I, I've been spun around a few times where, uh, you know, I think you, you become comfortable, or at least I do. You, you become comfortable with experience. And you go, look, I know how to inspire a crew, right? And you, when you're going to inspire a crew, you do that with vision. You do that with confidence. You do that with research and homework. I've spent the time putting together this thing. I've uh, come up with a bunch of different ideas for what is going to happen here. I think that this is how this creature should look. And I I end up getting lost in the eye because it is such a, a labor-intensive, lonely thing. And it has been um, for me on this process because of COVID. Because I've been locked in a room and just here learning by myself. Um, and I forget that when you're talking to folks who are just as excited about a project and need you to be, um, need to be on board with you and need to feel included, need to feel like their voice is important because it is. Um, if I could do all this by myself, if I could, uh, make a movie that felt like a larger production on my own, um, then I would. And I can't, and I understand that I can't. And the happy side effect of that is that the story changes. 
it, it becomes bigger. It becomes influenced by the people that you work with. It becomes influenced. And I've talked about it on the show. It becomes influenced by the crew and the actors and all that stuff. But I'm now learning that it's also uh, building and becoming something better with the people that you're developing it with, which goes against a lot of what we think of when we think of like studio execs or production company execs, right? Like what is the preconceived notion for that? It's someone that is all about the money, right? It's all about the cash. It's all about making that money and and uh, how do we do this as cheaply as possible? And we got to put this person in it because that's where the money is. And it, and that has always been the narrative for me as a young independent, I don't live in this city kind of guy where you're just like, okay, so I have to prepare myself to go in to sell my idea and to push my agendas. And um, it's not the case. We've been working on this new film, which I can't give too much detail on, but I have had the most enjoyable uh, development process with the folks from the production company. And Will and I have been working on the script. Uh, I've been helping him with story. He's been doing all the hard screenplay work and he's doing such a fantastic job on it. Um, but the guys that we're working with, and I wish I could tell you who they are, and I don't think I'm allowed to yet, but the guys that I'm working with are so incredibly invested in horror, in great cinema. I mean, these guys make the movies that are cult classics, the films that are the, the watermark for current horror stuff. And uh, I'd be a moron to not open myself up to their suggestions, open myself up to their experience, open myself up um, to what they can bring to the table. And when we're so close, and it feels like it's so close, it feels like you're right there at the edge. I, get, I, I often find myself like Tommy Boy, you know, like Chris Farley, where I'm just excited and I'm just like, okay, all right, so how long do I have you guys on the phone for? Okay, let me let me run through all this, you know? I've been working on this stuff, and I start running through this stuff on the phone like a fucking, you know, a hyperactive fucking puppy. And um, I, you look and you just start to see eyes glaze and you start to see people be affected by it. I don't know if it's because I'm too excited about it or if it's because of Zoom or if it's because I'm not allowing them to be a part of the conversation, which I think is the is the thing. I think it's that, that backhand one. And so I've been humbly trying to sort of step back and go, this isn't this isn't right. I'm not doing this the right way. And, and just because that passion worked for the stages that I needed to get here, it doesn't necessarily mean that that path is the right path to get the next thing, which is such a hard learning experience. It's such a fascinating learning experience because it's, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm that's in there for me, right? Because it's something that I could rely on, that passion, that, that, that adventure, that whole thing. And I'm not saying that it's not worth anything anymore. And I'm not saying that it isn't necessary because it is. It just comes down to reading the room again. Remember empathy? The stuff that I've talked about in other episodes, it's, it's reading the room. And then it's personally, I've been examining within myself why I haven't read that room earlier. Like, why is it that I found myself in that scenario? And I think it's because of the stress that I put on this fucking thing, right? The stress of like, this is 20 years in the making. 
Why do I do that? Why do I equate that number to this? This is not 20 years in the making. Yes, I've been working at being a director for 20 years, but this is not 20 years in the making. This is maybe three years in the making, maybe three years in the making, right? And yes, there's a lot riding on it. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of energy. All that stuff is riding on it, but that's always riding on everything I do. So why am I letting this freak me out sometimes? And then you sit there and you go, oh, is it the fear that I'm going to fuck it up? Isn't it so fascinating? Sorry. Isn't it so fascinating when you're afraid of fucking something up that you actually make that happen? Right? It's a theme and a lot of stuff that I'm doing these days. But like we sort of, we create our own destiny for that sort of thing, right? Where it's like, I don't want this to be, so I'm going to try to over, I'm going to try to over care for it. I'm going to try to hold on to it too tightly and then it just runs away. It's like, you're suffocating me. Leave me the fuck alone. Right? Interesting. Interesting stuff. This is what I'm going through right now in this moment. And uh, I'm being as vague as I can, but at the same token, emotionally, um, it's it's a fascinating new thing to navigate. And I'm excited about it. It doesn't scare me. I'm, I'm just excited about about knowing that there's a new rhythm that I have to learn for right now. There's a new system that I'm trying to figure out. And knowing that and thinking about that, I thought to myself, I, I, I'm not the only person that has to deal with this. This is, this isn't, I'm not a special snowflake. I'm not, this isn't the first time that someone is going through this. And then I thought to myself, okay, I wonder what my friends are going through. I wonder what my peers are going through with these sort of things. And then I was like, you know who I need to have on the show, back on the show. I got to have my, <laughs> my alter ego from another dimension. I need to have, I need to reach through. I need to call through using like a, a shortwave radio, call through to another dimension and talk to the other, the other me, which is my good buddy, Ryan Conley. Uh, we all know Ryan from Film Riot. Uh, you guys, if you haven't heard the episode yet, you should probably go back and listen to the prior episode with me and Ryan. Uh, we were talking about how the both of us strangely had been developing ideas about knocking on doors and all sorts of stuff. So he is a parallel version of me. Um, and I am a parallel version of him, you know? And it's, it's fascinating, always fascinating to catch up with him because I hear him going through a lot of the same stuff that I'm going through and hear him sort of trying to navigate it. And oftentimes I feel like Ryan is so much more eloquent about doing something than I am. Um, and I said, I got to have him on. Uh, one of my favorite episodes is our prior episode. Uh, I know it was one of your favorite episodes. Everybody really liked um, the way that we interacted. And so strap yourselves in because he's back on today's show. Stepping through an interdimensional door, Mr. Ryan Conley from Film Riot. And uh, he's going to be here on the two of us. You're going to listen to essentially what is a therapy session of the two of us going, do you, do you deal with this? Yeah, I deal with this. And how about this? And I have this too. It's like two fucking excited puppies in a room laughing and running around and knocking shit off of tables. <laughs> so get ready 
It's a good episode. And before we get into it, I want to thank everybody, as always, for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy on Instagram and following the podcast Instagram. That's in love with the process, P-O-D on Instagram. And um, thank you guys for uh, supporting the show, sending suggestions for guests, uh, contributing um, to a lot of my polls and, you know, just generally giving great feedback. Uh, it's a very small but necessary reward for sitting here and talking my ass off and not responding to two emails that are blinking in front of me. I know I'm coming. Um, so thank you guys for that. And uh, for those of you who are just showing up, maybe you guys are fans of Ryan, maybe you're fans of Film Riot, uh, go back and listen to our early episode by going to inlovewiththeprocess.com. I know it's daunting to look at the playlist on like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's over 100-something episodes. If you go to inlovewiththeprocess.com, I've curated the episodes by subject material. So just click on the directors and then scroll on down and you'll see uh, the episode with Ryan. And I post a lot of supplemental materials up there, trailers for movies, bits and pieces, images, all sorts of stuff. So when you're listening to the show and you hear us talking about things, oftentimes you'll find all that material at inlovewiththeprocess.com. All right, that's it. So let's get right into it. Strap yourselves in, grab those noise-canceling headphones, turn them up, and uh, get ready to join me and Ryan in our therapy session on the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. on the show to get uh, more torture from me. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring on all the torture. <laughs> What's going on, man? What's new? I, not, you know, a lot and nothing all at the same time. It feels like it feels like it's been <laughs> one like long month for the past year and a half <laughs> mm -hmm. to some extent. Uh, but yeah, man, just still pitching, developing, you know, doing the film riot thing. So it kind of feels like, you know, that that hamster wheel, you know? Yeah. Dude, tell me about it. The how was uh, how was quarantine for you? 
not too bad. I mean, I'm I'm used to that sort of thing to some extent already because you know my my company is web based, mm-hmm. so you know Film Riot is an online show, and we are very kind of quarantined in our production already, like just that small group making a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even come from you know when I started Film Riot, that's what it was. It was me in a bedroom doing a thing that I tried to make it look like multiple people were doing, but it's really just me in a bedroom, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, just going back to the start of Film Riot to some extent. But even after that, it was like for years, the show was made inside of whatever house I was renting at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So then even when I did get employees, I turned the upstairs into the studio and the downstairs was my house. And (laughs) my wife loved that. Uh, (laughs) But then she got pregnant and she was like, we're done here. Yeah. now <laughs> I was like copy that getting out and so we got a studio I think we we didn't even get a studio till I think it was like 2015 so for the first you know six years of film right for the first half of film right it was you know out of houses yeah yeah so it kind of felt like a return to that to some extent um and then you know I'm in Texas so I'm developing and pitching and all that stuff so that has to be remote for me either way and the one, you know, upside I did see was we were trying to, at the beginning, we were trying to get, um, you know, that that film that I was talking to you about before, There Comes mm-hmm. Knocking. Mm-hmm. I had the script, I had the short film done, and, you know, we sent it out and tons of places wanted to connect, which is great, but then it was impossible to set any meetings because I'm some dude in Texas. And, yeah. and then once everyone was a Zoom call, then it was a level playing field and all of a sudden it was meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And that really kicked things off a lot for me. Um, That's great. You know, so there was that side of it where it was like, you know, now everybody's in my ballpark. Everybody's has to do the <laughs> Zoom thing, not just me, you know? <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, dude, that's great. Like uh, for for us, it was a little bit different, you know, because we moved out here to Los Angeles like fucking four months before the lockdown happened. Your bad timing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but luckily, you know, we had like a great spot that we moved into and the the uh, the change was really awesome. And then being closer while these movies are in development was helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it just felt like it felt like being back on the East Coast when you have a blizzard and it's a snow day and it was like a, a fucking year-long snow day. <laughs> <laughs> For real. The worst fucking snow day ever. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know, we survived. Um, did you find that, uh, did did uh, the quarantine change you at all? Did it change your methods at all? Did it slow your life down at all? Or were you still doing the grind like you always did? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, you know, I think it was disruptive disruptive for everybody in their own ways. And, you know, we were very lucky for sure. And I'm very blessed throughout all of it, able to just, you know, lock down in our house. And Agree, yeah. You know, and, and, and Texas is way more spread out. So that that's helpful to some extent. Um, you know, but Texas has its own issues. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. What, wait, um, what, what part of Texas are you in? Are you in Dallas or are you in Austin? Yeah, we're, we're just outside of Dallas. All right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, it was like, you know, I think this is one of those scenarios that happened throughout time here and there where it's like a little innocence lost through it. You know, you, you realize mm-hmm. how shitty things can be and how shitty people can be and, and things like So I think there was just that factor of it for sure. But... From a business side, not too much, it, you know, because we are the web-based company, um, it, it kind of all just kept going 
sort of as usual. I mean, it definitely got a whole lot more difficult because, you know, during the straight up lockdown sections, you know, Josh is at his apartment and I'm at my house and now we're relying on internet to bounce big files back and forth and everybody's (laughs) in it. So it, it felt, you know, it definitely, like I said, it went back to, uh, to some extent, at least at the beginning, I was just doing episodes almost alone, which was, you know, tough because you're also trying to juggle, you know, the film career side, Mm -hmm. which is its own beast. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, outside of that, not, not too, too much, you know, we, we came out largely unscathed, thankfully. Um, again, it's not lost on me how, how blessed we were throughout it. Oh yeah, man. That's great. I mean, yeah, the, the whole COVID nightmare for me was fascinating because it really, it really forced me to slow down, which I needed strangely. You know, and and it it ended up being a real good blessing in disguise because I had the opportunity to sort of get out of the anxieties that we had before because we had just packed up our old lives and we moved across the fucking country and we had done all that stuff and now we're moving into a, a city that we didn't have any real context other than the context that I had for the films and then it's like how are we going to make money? What are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? Yeah. Um. And and su- surprisingly, COVID and the lockdown was such a a wonderful thing because it dropped in our laps um we ended up getting uh unemployment which was fucking mind-blowing to me that uh freelancers were able to get unemployment and uh that really helped our transition so in a weird way me and my girlfriend gina became residents of la during that year period of time so now that when we come out and we're meeting with people it isn't like oh did you guys just move here it's like no we've been here for a year we know all the shit that we're supposed to know we know the good places to drink we know uh you know what the vibe is like out here now and it just it, it felt like the, in a straight in the strangest way somehow covid put us at the same playing field as everybody else so right yeah yeah and it, oddly i kind of felt the the opposite during it like kind of um, doubled my workload, you know? <laughs> so it was like, it was stress on top of stress. And it was like, come on, man, <laughs> give me a second. And it kind of hasn't really slowed down since. It's like those wheels just have been turning faster and faster over the last like year and a half. Nothing bad. Yeah. All good stuff and whatnot. Uh, but it's like, I kind of, I want to taste of what you're talking about. I want a little <laughs> slow down. <laughs> well, I mean, when I say slow down, I mean, slow down for me, which is like very similar to your lifestyle where prior to this, every fucking waking moment of the day was like, okay, so I need to be doing blah, 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 blah. And you're yeah. running like a yeah. hundred different things. And um, for, it was very strange. I hit a point during it where I was still in that mindset. And I'm like, okay, so we're in, co- so I'm going to learn a bunch of shit and I'm going to start doing yeah. tutorials. And I'm going to run through all this. And for the first three weeks, uh, I was still running at that momentum. And, you know, like that anxiety is still beating in your chest. Like, what am I doing every day to earn this? Like to earn the fact that I'm not, you know, back working on airplanes and, and doing that kind of shit. So, um, but there hit a point where I suddenly went, oh, wait a minute this is okay for me to be chill. This is okay yeah. for me to be relaxed. And let me just lean into the podcast a little bit. Let me start talking to people and let me start reading books and really sort of digging into um, the development, the research that I need to do for the feature, which was in itself such a fucking, I, I hate to say this because COVID was so terrible for a lot of folks. And I'm incredibly lucky to be the person that it wasn't terrible for. Um, and because of COVID and the lockdown, the feature that I'm doing now is going to be 
exponentially better because of the time that I had to prep this thing. So yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome, man. It's weird though, like kind of what you're saying, how it's hard to disconnect from that when you're like just going a thousand miles an hour for so long. Yeah. It's even now, like right now I'm doing a seven day a week thing. Like it's crazier than usual. I feel like there's two modes. Oh my God, I'm so busy. And how is this even possible busy? (laughs) (laughs) And, And we're in a how is this even possible section. And I was talking to my wife about it. It's just so odd. Even when it's like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stop and have two hours before I go to sleep and just not do work. It's like your brain is still going. Like even when, when you, it's like, okay, I'm going to go on vacation. It's like the first two or three days is trying to untether from that thing. You know, it's it's like, you, you feel like almost antsy, like, oh, I need to be doing something. I need to pretty much what you were saying, like those three weeks. And it's like, wait a minute. No, I'm just gonna sit on this beach. Actually, because <laughs> yeah, because if I don't, then I'm. Why the fuck did I go on vacation? You know, right? Like, yeah. Why did I stop? It's just frustrating me that I that it, that I'm not working. So if it's frustrating me that much, maybe I shouldn't have gone on vacation. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this weird, unhealthy thing that we breed into ourselves. But it's like, you know, what else are you supposed to do? It's this is a good hole, I think, for us to dive into because I, I I don't know if you feel the same way. You spend so many years. Look, as soon as you decide that we're gonna do this, right? As soon as we're yeah. as soon as we're like, hey, guess what? Fuck the job. I'm not gonna do the nine to five. I'm gonna freelance. I'm gonna figure out a way to make cash. Um, but I'm gonna do this. And every waking moment of my life is examining storytelling examining the art of of making films and it requires that much time especially when you're younger and you're in your early 20s and you're just like watching everything that you could possibly watch getting onto every set that you could possibly get onto learning how to use you know microphones learning how to use cameras learning how to compose shots how to deal with your clients it's it's, it takes everything from you and there's also this insecurity at least with me there was there was this insecurity of Am I going to be able to do this? You know, and sure. And then with that comes a lot of bullshitting because you have to convince the people around you that you can do it. So you're like, yeah, 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 fuck yeah, I can do this. I can handle this. Can I handle this? Can I not handle this? Um, And over the years, it becomes this rhythm. It's almost like these pathways in your brain for that chemical process have been deeply uh, routed out, and so you're just living in that mindset of like. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, I got it. I fucking got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then um, when I crossed into my 40s, I suddenly realized that I was, it was like I'm in Fast and Furious and I'm just running the nitrous for too long. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know, do you feel that way? Yeah, man. It's it's really weird. Like, I think, um, you know, for me, a lot of it was like, I, I don't know that I'm good enough to be to to collaborate with, so I'll do it all myself. Like that yeah. was my early years. Yeah. So it was like the the pursuit of being able to write the thing, prep the thing, direct the thing, shoot the thing, edit the thing, you know, compose the thing, everything. Um, and then after a while, it was like, wait a minute, no, I mean, I I am good enough to collaborate with, and it was figuring that out. And even into once I got into the pitching world and all that. Um, I found myself like shrieking back into that of where it's like I wouldn't engage a lot on calls and whatnot and be like I would just absorb what they were saying and then go off in my corner and then and then show them because I would you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it took a lot to kind of build the confidence of like no I have something to say 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a bit of it for me as far as like that, you know, those early days go, but yeah, man, like that, that constant, you know, going is, is like, what else are you going to do? But, but it's also like in the beginning, it wasn't really like a, oh man, I got to grind. It was like, I can't not, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. not because I had to, but because there was this weird thing in me driving me to do it. Like I wanted to do it every waking second of every day as you know, we all are. So I'm sure the exact same way, like it's so obsessed with it. And I think, you know, not till like later in life when I had more of a family, I have kids that it started being like, all right, this is, this is too much. I need to find balance this is crazy. Like I'm missing out time with my kids and stuff like that. And then I think, you know, the industry has a good way of making all of us a little <laughs> bit cynical and a little yes. bit like winded. Yeah. You know, you go out and you pitch and it's rejection after rejection after rejection. Yeah. It's like, man, this isn't what I signed up for. I want to deliver an experience to an audience. I want to tell a story. I want to, you, you know what I mean? And and you go out and you're like, hey, here's a story I want to tell. And they're like, great, love it. No. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you said you loved it. And then it's just this weird, you know, the industry is such a weird, it's never like, no, I don't like it. It's not good. It's like, oh, it's it's really good. I really like it. But we we have something that shares its DNA, so we're going to pass. Yeah, oh, and yes, it's like, okay, yeah. so I don't know if I suck or, <laughs> you know, so it's this weird rejection where it's really nice um, and there's never any, like, meaningful feedback. Yeah. Dude, you know, totally. but then there are times where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a first-time director. I've never directed a feature. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where, and it is true because I heard from other people from behind the scenes that, Oh, we're pa- we really want this, but we're passing because you haven't made a feature, and and that's a weird thing to process as well. It's like, okay, so do I just need to go out and make a feature on my own money, and then we can do this? Um, it's all very it's all very straight. I went off on a whole different thread than what we were talking no, about. No, but it's good. But it's all very straight. It's good. It's good because you and I share the same DNA when it comes to this because we're both in the same boat. Right. We, yeah. We literally down to the point where we both made movies about knocking on doors. <laughs> I know that was the craziest thing. And then I, I have a buddy who will send me like what's going out on the town that week, uh-huh. and I see your name come across, and I'm like, damn it, he got there first. Oh, dude, come on. Uh, <laughs> but but the the shared bit of like. You know, you've been directing for years. I've been directing for over 20 years, you yeah. know? And so when you're in this position where, you know, the agents will come back and go, uh, yeah, they just want a director that's done it before. And you go, chicken or the egg, motherfucker. Like, wh- how do I, Yeah. how do I, okay. And, and so then I've talked to other directors on the show that have self-financed their own features. And they've done the, you know, put all my credit cards, put all my shit together. Mm-hmm. And then they they bang out in the best possible way uh, a great movie that essentially ends up low, uh, low hanging fruit on a streaming service somewhere. And no one knows shit about it. And, and it's yeah. it's good, I think, for them to be in that scenario where they can at least be in the room that you and I show up into and they go, well, you've done a feature. OK, so let's let's get past that hurdle. But my dilemma with that has always been. I don't want to make my taste in movies is big and it's, right. it's, it's That's kind been of my problem too. Yeah. Right. We both have that glass ceiling because we both can shoot and make and edit and do whatever the fuck we want in whatever city we want to. Um, but for me, I, I, I hit a ceiling it's money and it's cast. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's more important, even if it takes a little bit longer, I think it's more important to do a movie with an actor that people know. 
yeah in it than it is to do like a self-finance movie without a name actor in it because people still like you go to pump gas right you got to go inside and pay because the fucking pump's not working correctly which drives me crazy and you gotta go inside and pay for it and the person behind the counter they go hey do you see the new bruce willis movie they don't give a shit about who's directing it you know it's always the actor that's in it you know yeah, it's an it's a it's a weird and interesting thing too. The whole you've never directed a film before, and I'm like, well, I have 16 short films, and <laughs> one of them's 30 minutes, and one of them's 15 minutes, and it was six figures, and we had a hundred people on set, and practical explosions, and tons of wire work, and people that worked on the Titanic was on there, and I wrangled it all, and I was the producer, the executive producer, the writer, and the director. Does that mm-hmm. count? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it doesn't. What, what I what I what's weird about that is for me, it's like okay, if you thought that was bad, all right, that's one thing. Yeah, But you're telling me you thought that was really good. And I'm telling you, I purposefully did that short film, like, uh, you know, three to $5 million feature would be done. <clears throat> and, and that still doesn't count because it wasn't long enough. But if I went off and I shot this $200,000 feature, which would not be shot to that scale, I mean, for $200,000, $200, you know how stripped yeah. down that would have to be to pull yeah, off. 100%. But because it was 80 minutes, now it counts. And I'm like, well, how, <laughs> how did you know this proof uh, over here not count with the scale that it was that shows that I can wrangle the beast? without the help of, you know, a DP inside of the studio system that can help guide you, producers, executives, studio. Yep. Uh, but like this would, and I mean, maybe once I get past the feature, then I'll be like, oh, I, I get it. But right now it's, it's just so hard to process that. And it's like, well, then what's the next step? Because there's like a few things here, a couple things waiting to go. A few almost went and it, and it usually comes down to, well, you haven't directed a feature yet. So yep. it's like, well... So is the thing to do just knock out a movie within a year, low budget, so I can say, yeah, I directed the feature, there it is. And um, I kind of point to that because I there's a couple of friends of mine who did exactly that, and now they're off directing pretty large movies. Yeah. And and it happened like overnight. It went from nobody calling to you know they had they have so many they can't even look at them all. You know, offers. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's just crazy. Uh, but that's the point. Like we get, we're driving ourselves crazy with with this examination. But the truth of the yeah. matter is. Because there's a there's a big there's, there's a big argument that I have with my girlfriend where I'm like I should have fucking come out to L.A. like four or five years earlier, and and there's a piece of me as far as networking is concerned that's like if I was out here earlier then I would have known these people a little bit longer I would have been embedded with them a bit more and then I would have had more opportunities but then I have to remind myself look if I had left Boston at that period of time then I wouldn't have made who's there and, right and who's there saved my ass because of the delay that's been going on with 12 cam so there is this point where you just have to go all right so this is just my path this is this is the path that i'm that i'm falling down let me just earn this thing and own this thing um and figure out with what i've done and what i have behind me um how can i how can i make this work how can i lean into this because there's a big part of me that thinks the same way that you do with like going to shoot something. Like if if this movie that I'm working on right now wasn't <laughs> moving forward in the slowest way possible, but at least moving forward, then I would be hitting that point of going, do I have to go back and make another proof of concept? Do I have to go back and, and shoot something else? Because I, I don't want to do something else right now. I, I really want to focus on this next step, 
you know, the, the directing a feature and prepping a feature and all that is so radically different than doing a short. Yeah. Um, and, and then just knowing what people expect from me and my work because of the tones that I've set with the two short films, they, like you said, they expect it to be at a certain fucking level. So if you, if we're playing with a hundred grand and a hundred grand is a lot of fucking money, but if you're playing with like a hundred grand, 200 grand, uh, at that point you're like, okay, so I could shoot maybe a set piece. Maybe it takes place in like two locations. Maybe it's a single location. And then I'm frustratingly dealing with the, it's starting to get boring. It's the same fucking look again. It's the same thing again, which is the antithesis of the type of movie that I want to make. Yeah. You yeah. Know? That's the difficulty is like trying to find, cause, cause you know, now I'm kind of like, well, you know, 1 million, 2 million thing. That's definitely possible with a independent financier. And there's a couple of avenues toward that for me. So now it's like, okay, well, you know, a $2 million horror film, that's totally doable, especially if you're doing it outside of Hollywood. And then you're talking about like, you know, $10 million inside sure. of Hollywood. Sure. So then it's like, okay, so is that, you know, the is that what I should do? Because it's like, I guess the my struggle and concern and what I just keep toiling over is how long do I sit there and wait for somebody to tell yes. me I can tell a story? You know what I mean? Yes. Until I just say, you know what, fuck this. And I go figure out how to tell a story. Um, and that's kind of where I've been coming down to. Cause it's like, you know, if, if, and I, and I have examples to point to that, that I've seen it, it happen. It's like, this was a stripped down version and, um, you know, a, a friend just wanted to get out of, you know, one genre jail, jail he was in and into another. So, you know, they made a, a movie in a year and it was, you know, very low budget for what they were trying to pull off, but it was sci-fi, it was action. Mm -hmm. um, and, and now he's off directing much bigger movies, you know, and, and there's a, there's several instances of that. So it's just like, well, is, is that the thing? But then I come down to the problem, you, you know, you have too, where it's right. like, okay, a $2 million thing. I would love to do like an action thing for $2 million. Definitely could like the raid style thing. Definitely could pull that off. Okay. What ideas do I have? <laughs> nope. That's 50 million. Nope. That's at least 30. Nope. That's another 50. So then it's like, damn, I don't even, I don't have one that could so now i'm you know just trying to come up what's a concept that i'd be excited to tell in that framework um you know maybe some horror pieces like i do have you know that there comes a knocking film actually could probably be a two million dollar film mm -hmm. so it's like is that the one um and then and then you just get stuck in your own head of because it is strategy right like you you want to make your film you want to tell your stories but you also want to keep telling stories yeah. so it's like well, what's the next step that's not going to totally brick wall me? Yeah. And, you know, because, oh, here's an open window. But that window can be slammed closed on you pretty hard. We both know that. We've seen it happen to people. Yeah. So I get, I feel like I do get stuck in my own head a little bit with that one of like, okay, what's, what's the right, will this, you know, slam the window closed on me or will this be a good entry? Um, because I like horror, but I don't want to get, you know, stuck in a, in horror jail and that's all anybody will let me make too. And you know, you know, you start to, so it's like how much of this is just us being in our own heads and we yes. need to just go tell stories or how much of it is like, yeah, no, we're right to be thinking this way. It's really hard to, to navigate it all. I think it is well, at least for me. Oh, dude, complete dude. A hundred percent. You and I are talking the same language here where, um, it's frustrating, uh, to say the least. And, 
I, I can't give away, you and I could talk details once I come offline, but yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the little bit of details that I can give the audience, the salivating audience, um, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, I am prepping a movie, um, that hopefully will go and, and all signs are pointed to that. And when I talk to everybody, it is that it is, yes, it's going to happen. Yes. It's going to, it's going to go. And the thing that's been interesting about developing this movie is that, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I haven't done 12 KM yet was that, you know, I need to have a feature under my belt, but I also need to sort of prove, uh, you know, profit because 12 KM requires a bit more money. 12 KM is probably over 10. Um, and so talking with Ridley Scott's folks and I've released that all that on the show. So talking to them, they're just like, that's great. You're working on something else first. Do that first. And then let's get into this. So it's like, okay, so that fucking project is, is happening, but it's, it's sitting on a shelf waiting. Right. Uh, so I'm like, okay, all right. Um, and so then this next one, it was all about talking with the agents and the management. And they're like, my agent was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta do, uh, this movie's gotta be 2 million or 3 million. So you gotta write two, 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 three million. And you're like, okay, all right. So let's, let's phrase it that way. Let's put it together that way. Let's package it that way. And working with Will, we sort of made a version of this film that small. And then we went out to the races and I've talked about this on the show. We went out to a bunch of different spots and a lot of folks, um, loved it, but you know, same game. What have you done? Have you done a feature? Have you not done a feature? And we ended up sending it to one production company in particular, and it was a Hail Mary to this production company that uh, has made amazing movies that everybody that listens to the show really likes. It was very fucking honored to even be able to submit to these guys, and they came back and they loved it based upon the short, and then they're like, let's rewrite the script. And so we started to write a script that was in the two to $3 million range, and then we started to stumble on some interesting stuff. And then it was like, whoa, we can get more money if we get down this path and we sort of do this thing. And so then the script ended up being written up again. So next thing you know, you're writing at like six, $7 million again, and then go back to the agents and like, what the fuck's going on? You gotta come back down to three. So then we write it back down to three and then we write it back up again. So it's been this like back and forth game of what level are we gonna end up on this movie? And at yeah. this, dude, at this point, the version is a bit, it's not 10, but it's, it's a bit more and it's so fucking good. It's so, such a big feeling. We're out of COVID. There's a lot of people, there's people involved. There's large groups of folks that are doing things and there's choreography with folks that are doing things. And it's just so fucking cool and great. And John Carpenter-ish and all of this. Um, and now we're just trying to like, Put, put the bow on this fucking thing. So, yeah. So, so that way it can happen, but it still comes down to the, having to get that cash, having to get the remainder of that cash. And yep. Even though I've got a production company that's supporting it. And these guys are like, you're going to be directing it. This is going to happen. This is totally going to go. We still got to go out to get the rest of the money. Um, and so then that's a whole other fucking game of the investors being like, okay, so what's the track record? We know your track record, but what's his track record and how's this happening? And, I don't know. That was a long fucking rant about how. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's like, yeah, it's that's all the twisty, turny craziness is, uh, you know, one thing that I've been developing for like a year, we were developing for, for a while. And 
I actually delivered a script that I thought like, or, or treatment rather that I thought like, yeah, we could make this for like sub five, maybe even toward two. And I, I, I tried to submit it and it was like, yeah, no, that's way too cheap for us. You need to make it more expensive. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is opposite of, okay, sure. I'll make it more expensive. And then, you know, we make it more expensive. And then, like you said, we get to a place where it's like, yeah, this is really cool. We don't have the script, but we're, we're dialing out the treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, this is uh, at a production company. So we could take it to a specific studio. They have a first look with, and then we get to a point and we're like, okay, this is a little bit expensive. And again, haven't made a feature. So then we came up with the idea of like, you know, podcasts, you know, scripted podcasts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to do one. There's actually a, an interview I did on, on my podcast with Matt Lannert where I talk about that, that I've always wanted to do that. And at the time, I didn't realize that it was already, you know, radio drama was kind of back in the form of scripted podcast. And, yeah. and then I found them and I've been obsessed with them, just like that different form of storytelling. So when the production company was like, hey, what do you think about telling the story this way first? And then we could, you know, try to, yeah, you know, package that and take it to, you know, another medium. I mean, I was like, well, one, I could tell the story twice in two different ways. And that's kind of awesome. Um, and two, it allows me to do the thing. So yeah, let's do the thing. <laughs> and, and, and so that avenue seems to be moving kind of like what you're saying with, with yours like yeah. that, but it's like, it's always like, is it, is it, and it just, it, yeah. even a lot of, you know, I'm sure we, we have the same, we've had the same conversations with our director friends, like some of my director friends that are doing larger movies and stuff. They're like, I'm like, Hey, when did you know that this was a go thing? And they were like, I kind of never did. It just got to the point where I was like, Oh, th there's no turning back now. We are actually making this. Mm -hmm, <laughs> there was never mm -hmm. a, yeah, for sure we're making it. And I'm like, that is just maddening. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but at least it's like, all right, I'm not crazy at this <laughs> point. It, this is okay. This is just always how it is. Copy that. I'll yeah. just buckle up for this. Um, but yeah, there's there's a few things like, you know, I'm I'm trying to like similar to just exactly pretty much what you're saying. Like I'm trying not to put all eggs in one basket. So I, I have that project there and then we have another one elsewhere and then I have a feature script mm -hmm. and then two other pitches that we're taking out and just constantly throwing stories I want to tell at the wall, hoping one of them stick with someone. Um, but the good thing about that, and this is, me and my writing partner talk about this all the time. The good, the good thing about that is, is that you have this stable of shit after. Because when when it happens, because it will happen for you. So when it happens, the, the big next thing, and I've talked to a lot of first-time directors that are successful, afterwards it's like, now what? And, and so then everybody's got their eyes on you, your agents do. Uh, the, the industry does, what's this person doing next? He just fucking knocked it out of the park with this, you know, this hit that came out of nowhere. Um, and that's a fascinating position to be in too. Yeah. Be because you're sort of sorting through a lot of scripts and stuff that are coming at you, but you are still trying to drive. I, I equate it to like Metallica, right? I, I equate it to like the band that releases that first album that comes out of nowhere and everybody's like, fuck, this is so good. How, these guys are geniuses. We're not really acknowledging the fact that this band for like 10, 15 years has been practicing this music, has been putting all this music together, recording this thing, playing it live, working it out. So then they put together this first album that drops and everybody goes, this is amazing. And then the follow-up doesn't live up to that. It's because it's a follow-up that they haven't spent 10 years prepping and putting it all together on. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
and and so the good thing about us doing all this work uh with like treatments and stuff when we're instilled this like hungry mindset of like you know the punk rock years you know yeah th then the second film will still have that vibe will still feel like it's from that punk rock time period because we've been developing it in that time period you know? yeah and, and and it's constant learning too right because you're taking something you're seeing how they process the thing that you wrote and they're coming back with it and they're like okay you're not quite landing where i want you to land so it's it's definitely been a great you know learning experience of shifting tree like this section of it you know yeah we've made the short films and stuff. We know how to convey something to an audience to elicit the, you know, the end result we want, but this is a totally different bit of storytelling because you do have to do this bit of storytelling to get to that bit of storytelling. So the treatment I find is its own art form yeah. and the pitch as well. Like, okay, how do I deliver this pitch to you? And, and for me, it's very performative. Like when I'm pitching, there's a camera on me, and once I'm going and telling you the story, I am performing the story for you now. Um, I want you to feel what you should feel. So it's like, how do you do that? So it's this other entirely different form of storytelling, but I think it's really valuable to the other form. I mean, even on set, you you have to be able to convey those ideas and those emotions. So it's it's been like a really great practicing ground as well but also uh you know a place where i've been able to have a few epiphanies of like oh okay this is how i can mm -hmm. shift and, and do those things so that's all been really plus the different people you get to work with a lot of different people sort of rapid fire like mm -hmm. okay they want to develop a little bit all right that fell through but you were developing with that brain and it's such a collaborative meeting a medium that you know there's just this rapid fire different you know views and visions and you know dreams and goals that you get to kind of um work with for a minute there and kind of learn from like okay i know how i know how to work with this personality next time in this format yeah um because again it's just different than being on set or in post uh for me 100 percent. but then like the other thing that that has been like real weird for me is like do i because it's really hard to find like a writer that will buckle down with you and let's write a feature, mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I'm a writer, I'm, I'm writing, um, something, you know, right now that might go, like I said, and I have a feature that I wrote that got me all those meetings. So I do write on my own, but you know what that's like, that's yeah. you're buckling down. That's what you're doing. It is so much like work. It is so much focus. Um, and it takes a really long time. So you're not developing, a multitude of things to be trying to take out. You work on, but there's a lot of places that do want that feature. There's a lot more value in a in a finished feature script, you know, than yeah. there is in a treatment or a pitch. It's here's the thing, not here's what the thing could be. Here's the thing, uh, and it's hard to find really good writers that'll be like, yeah, let's let's spend that free time for something that may never go anywhere, you know. Yeah. So then I kind of go back and forth with that too. Like, do I keep you know, messing with these treatments and sending those out or do I buckle down and I, I write a script? Because if I do that, then there's this X period of time, say six months, that I'm not doing any of that or pushing any of that. I'm really just focusing on this. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's been kind of something I've been back and forth with too. There's so many things where it's just like, should I do this or should I do that? And there's no one right answer I can't, that I can find. Well, dude, because there isn't. And, and, I got really fortunate when I found Will. So Will Simmons, who does all of my scripts at this point. You bastard. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it was a it was a it was a happy accident. It was a stumble into because I 
I think I, I don't know if we talked about this on the episode that we were on, but uh, it was because being like you, a guy that like was a cinematographer, knows how to shoot, knows how to edit, knows how to do all this stuff. When I decided that I was going to do 12KM and I decided I was going to direct a movie in a language I didn't speak, I at that point was like, all right, asshole, you're not going to shoot this and do all that. And so I, I ended up giving up a lot of what my duties would be as a cinematographer by by talking and and, and uh, making friends with David Cruda, who was a guy behind the scenes who had always been seeing the work that I've done. And he's like, I'd love to collaborate with you sometime. And I really liked his work. And I took a risk and I was like, hey, man, let's do this together. And we ended up becoming like married as far as like creativity is <laughs> concerned. Um, but because of that, he had shot a film for Will because Will had directed a short film years ago and he had shot a film with Will and he was telling Will about doing 12 cam and what the experience was like. And Will was like, I'd love to see it. And so we sent him over, Cruda sent him over a rough cut and he saw the rough cut and he was like, dude, have you shown this to anybody? Are you going to get this out anywhere? And uh, I was like, no, I'm still fucking sitting here in Boston editing this. I'm locked in a closet, you know? Um, and he's like, I've got connections out here because he was wrapped. And he's, he's like, I've got connections with a couple production companies. Can I help bring this around? And I said, fuck yeah, sure, man. And then he went, I'm also a writer. Can I show you my stuff? And so he sent me over uh, his script that he had written for The Blacklist. He won for The Blacklist website. Um, and uh, I was like, holy God, this, this guy's really great. He's really good at, at writing. I had to write prior to this because I needed to. Not because I was good at the screenplay writing. I right. physically needed a script to shoot a film. So that's why I was doing it. And so I just had the wherewithal and the lack of ego to just go like, you're much better at this than me. When he came to me and said, hey, I'd like to take a pass at a feature version of 12KM. Um, and since then, we've been another marriage, you know, completely partnered up. And uh, he knows the value of... Um, writing specs because he knows that this industry is completely a spec industry uh, and an unpaid spec industry. Um, totally. And then I started to learn working with him that scripts aren't necessarily the movie in the weirdest way. They're not necessarily the movie. They're uh, the first stage in getting folks to understand what the film is and to understand the vibe of it. Because as a director, you know, you'd spend forever like writing descriptions and shit. Like, this is how it looks and this is where it's going to go. And this is all going to look great. And I was so obsessed with my vision. Um, and what Will does so well is he writes a good read. Like, he actually writes a good story on the page that still has vision and stuff into it. But it's a fast read. It's a functional read. Um, when execs get their hands on it, they read it really fucking quick. He's mastered the art of turning things around incredibly fast. Like he will do a rewrite in like a week. Dang. <laughs> and, and, and there's a reason he's had a bunch of really great publicity lately. I think it was released. If not, I'll beep it out. But uh, he is working with, um, uh, he's writing the new film for, what's his name? It did Godzilla versus Kong. His name, his, his. Oh, Adam Wingard. Wingard, yeah. He's doing the new Wingard movie. He was hired to do a reboot of Sleepy Hollow for, uh, Paramount, I think it's Paramount that's doing that. Um, that's amazing. And he's he gets the work because he completely curves in heavily into being a great screenplay writer, which at the end of the day is a technical task of getting 
people who don't know you from a hole in a wall to understand a story and from taking my craziness as a director and translating that into a fast read that isn't me fucking ranting and rambling about, you know, what the, the environment's going to look like and what the right. ambient. He just does such a great job with it. So I've been really, really lucky. So that being said, if you, and there are people that do write scripts and do have that skill and then also direct, I don't think I can do both right now uh, because there's so much for me to catch up on and learn with directing that uh, I really want to focus 100% of my energy into that like into working with actors and into developing backstory and themes and yeah and all that stuff. So if that's your boat, then you really should be hunting for a great screenplay writer and, and, you know, talk to your reps and talk to your agents and be like, send me any, who, who else do we rep in here? Send me anybody that's a writer just to find someone that can functionally do that because screenplay writers need us too. They really do. Uh, they totally. Need, they need to partner yeah, up with the and, director. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm working with, um, you know, Ballistic. We built out a treatment with uh, with two amazing writers, and we we took that pitch around. Um, and we're actually building out a treatment for something else right now. I, the the hard part that I have found is, you know, being able to spec something out with a really great writer because they're all working. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's it's yeah. hard to to like lock them down to. To, you know, like, hey, let's spend a ton of time specking this out for no money when you could be doing that for money and this might not go anywhere and that's your livelihood. Like, that's really been the difficult uh, side of it for me to, to try to find somebody who can spec something out, but they're like all working writers. Um, yeah. So so it ends up being really hard. They, you know, there's a, a couple of writers that I know and they're like, yeah, man, if I, if I get a slow spot, I'll absolutely jump into a spec with you, but there's no slow spots so far. So that, you know, there's that, there's that factor of it too, which I totally get, you know, like that's their life. Like I'm trying to break in. That's, you know, how they put food on the table. So it's like, it's a weird, difficult sort of tango. Yeah. Which is the theme of today's episode. Apparently it's the, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It's kind of like therapy with Ryan and Mike. <laughs> Everybody, uh, it is time to take a break and uh, do some ad reads. Um, but before we get into the ad reads, uh, I just want to say to you guys, it is so nice to be able to do this show. It really is, especially a therapy session like today's episode. It's just so nice to be in the situation where I can uh, call up someone like Ryan or call up a bunch of the other directors that we've had on the show and be able to just sort of look for advice, vent and ask questions. Selfishly, that's it. That's why I do the show. Full transparency, I don't make much money on the show. Uh, any of the sponsor cash that we get goes towards uh, the operation cost for the show. So server expenses, not server expenses, but like hosting expenses, fucking uh, web page expenses. Everything's got a fee these days. Just Adobe alone. That yearly subscription for Adobe. Woo! I think I just paid that. I have to check my credit card. Fuck. I think it was like $600 or something. So, 
Um, any of the cash that uh, we make on the show, whether it's donations from you guys, whether it's you signing up for an Audible free trial, whether it's you just clicking on the links below so that the sponsors will continue to support us. It all goes to keeping the show possible, which enables me to share with you guys what I'm going through and selfishly enables me to continue to make connections with folks that I have a lot to learn from. So thank you, everybody. Um, and I get to meet really great people that run these companies. They put together this equipment, equipment and gear that I use consistently. And, and the only time I ever ask someone to sponsor the show, it's when they use a product or they make a product that I fucking use all the time. And uh, one of the best examples of this are my friends over at Puget Systems. If you are a filmmaker, if you're a photographer, if you're a music engineer, maybe you're just a gamer and your system currently isn't cutting it. Your renders are taking forever, you're getting that pinwheel of death, and you're just concerned with the price tags on the huge products, like the Apple products and all that stuff. It's just like ridiculous. You have to like fucking do layaway plans at that point. Sign up for credit cards, right? And you're like, how is this worth the money? It's going to be outdated eventually, right? The gear is just consistently becoming outdated with every new software update that happens. Why not build yourself a system that can be easily upgraded? Why not put that money towards the stuff inside the computer and not necessarily towards the marketing and the boxing of that computer? That was my move. I, I did a hard search for a PC company because I believe in uh, building a PC, building a workhorse that works specifically for your needs. And believe it or not, there was a period of time where like saying that you worked on a PC was like, was like, you know, saying that you were using broken tools. Like PCs are the same thing as a Mac. Same kind of operating system, same sort of folder structure. You just have to learn a couple new clicks here and there. You just gotta learn how the folder system works. It's super simple, super easy to do. And everything is the same. If you use Adobe Creative Suite, you click on the icons, it's all the same stuff. Some of the keyboard shots are just a little bit different. Control instead of Apple. No big deal. So. Uh, I hunted high and low. I found this uh, family-owned company called Puget Systems. They build custom-built PCs based upon the software that you're using. And believe it or not, not all hardware works perfectly with every piece of software. Sure, you can build yourself a general machine that does everything pretty well. Or if you're being really specific and you're like, hey, look, I, I wanna build a Cinema 4D machine. I wanna build an After Effects machine. Uh, there's specific hardware that works incredibly well for that. And believe it or not, hardware that isn't on the selections from the larger websites, the larger manufacturers out there. Because those manufacturers have embedded deals with hardware manufacturers. So you're basically being sold whatever that deal is. Puget Systems doesn't do that. They don't manufacture parts and they spend countless hours benchmark testing, trying out all the new stuff, seeing how it works, what are the configurations that work the best for this. And they post all that stuff on their website. So go to PugetSystems.com, check it all out, become part of the new PC creative community. And uh, I'm telling you right now, if you wanna buy a new machine, they're not gonna let you down. Also supporting the show as always, good friends over at Quasar Science. I love using LED lights. They're lighter, they have more options, they're programmable, uh, they're true color balanced for daylight, tungsten, rainbow LEDs. Um, they are smaller, they have 
a uh, smaller footprint. I said smaller three times in this ad read. They have a smaller footprint. And um, uh, I just love them. Can you tell? Okay, full transparency. I went out last night for a, a belayed birthday adventure. So I went out, it was me, Lance, George, uh, Brett. We all went out with Gina, put it all together. We went to Bledsoe's Barbecue out here, which was pretty good, not bad. Not terrible, but not bad. Uh, really good, uh, fun time hanging out there. And then Gina got us tickets to a very small theater down in Hollywood. And we went and saw Nicolas Cage in Pig. And wow. Wow, is that a great movie. Holy shit. Uh, after that, we went out and had way too many drinks. So if I can't make my way through this hat, it's because of that. I've had about five hours of sleep. <laughs> Don't you like having such a responsible uh, podcast host? Uh, let's see, who else? So like I said, Quasar Science. Go check them out. Go to quasarscience.com. You guys know what I, every episode I do a read for them. Check out their LEDs. We just used a bunch of them on Gina's new music videos, which come out soon. Uh, we'll post those on my Instagram account so you can see that. Quasar Science. Um, let's see, who else do I get an ad read for on the show? Uh, let's just, let's, let's leave it there. All right, let's do that. As always, sign up for a free trial at Audible. That's audibletrial.com uh, backslash in love with the process. The link is embedded below in the description for the episode. Sign up for a free trial, get 30 days free access to Audible, a free audio book. Um, and uh, everybody that signs up, it sends money towards the show. It's the best way to contribute to the show without reaching into your own pocket. Uh, it's a free trial for 30 days. If you like it, stick with it. You will. I have a shitload of books that I'm reading on there or, or listening to on there. But if it's too much for you, you got to cancel. Not a big deal. Uh, we still get paid either way. So sign up, free trial, Audible, link below. All right, that's it. Let's get back into the episode. It's fascinating too, once, I don't know if you feel this way, but once I start working, once I started working with production companies, I start working with producers and it's so exciting when that happens, when you have that opportunity and they're like, okay, come on, let's develop this. We'll do this. We really believe in you and we believe in this project. And you're like, fuck yes. And there's that piece of you that's like, okay, so 20 years have brought me here, you know, like all the yeah. time and all the energy and I've been busting my ass doing this and said so like, I find myself incredibly excited. And so you get into the scenario with these folks and one of the companies that I had worked with, they were really nice about it. They kind of reprimanded me and they're like, look, dude, you're thinking with filmmaker brain. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, because everything has to happen now. Like you, you need it to happen now and you, you see this vision and you want it to happen next week and you want these things to happen quicker when we're thinking about this like as production company as producers and we understand how this business works we understand how this this town works and how this industry works and you know it'll take four fucking weeks to get someone to read a script again or four fucking weeks to get someone to just respond to an email and you got to strap yourself in for this long fucking haul yeah um, true and, and it's it sucks because all we're doing is 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 going it's ready i see it in my head and if I could do this on my own, I'd have this thing shot in like three months and then be finished. 
Um, but then I have to remind myself, right, but the reason I'm here is because I can't do this on my own. And the, the type of movie that I want to do, I need the system. I need these folks to do it. And so teaching myself to get out of filmmaker brain when I'm interacting with the development of this stuff has been very difficult down to the part of, you know, being by myself here in quarantine and like prepping things and like designing things and being very alone with it. And then getting on the calls with people and being like, I figured this out, I figured that out, I figured it out. And, and halfway through the phone call, I just hear myself and I go, oh my God, I'm talking way too fucking fast. I'm way too excited about this shit. And I've said, I've said I more than I should have. Um, and it's, it's been this really interesting learning curve of getting out of <laughs> getting out of quarantine crazy wildebeest man right and, and becoming becoming that like calm and collected uh empathetic director guy again it's been very strange for me i need to shower again yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's it's all tricky um the only thing that i've found true is just uh, take the next step you know that's kind of just been my north star is uh, what's the next thing I could do right now that's going to take me toward that mountain in the distance? Yeah. Uh, and that's just pretty much been it. You know, I have those, you know, those things that I know that like a spec is better than the treatment. Um, so it's like whenever that opportunity pops up, I, you know, I, I would, you know, dive at it. Um, you know, I had to write my spec to be able to even get into rooms. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that happened. Um, and it might come down to maybe I finally do go, okay, I just need to spec something else now. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, man, it's like the only thing that I know to be true so far is uh, what's the next step in front of me that I could take that takes me toward that, you know, mountain in the distance. And, All right. That's the one I'll take. Yeah, it's good. That's a good way to be, man. Because it is a slow moving train. Yeah. And when... I get frustrated when I feel like the train stops and you can feel when that happens when you're in development yes. and you can, there's like a roadblock that happens or there's a big, there's a big no that happens from something. And all of a sudden the, everything just, and you hear all those train cars just chon, 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 and everything just fucking comes to a stop. And sometimes I feel like I'm at the front of that train, like a fucking bodybuilder with a rope around my waist, just trying to pull. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You know, pull it back out again, and you're just yelling, not just at the people around you to like catch up and be like, guys, this is still gonna be great, but you're also yelling internally at yourself so that you don't sink into a depression, and you're just yeah. like, just keep pulling it, man, keep pulling it. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, it it you do get winded, it, you know. At least I do. You know, it's after so many people pass which just feels like you're not good enough being mm -hmm. said in your face over and over and over again. You know, you do that for two and a half straight years and it's like, whew, you know, you start to get a little winded. And um, so it does get hard to keep pushing forward uh, during that sort of thing. And there's a lot of people that uh, always say, you know, cause I do my show film, right. And there's a lot of people who are like, why don't you just make a movie? Just go make your own movie. And it's like, for all the reasons that you're saying, like, yeah. it's not, it's really easy to say that. <laughs> Yeah. It's not that easy to do that. And it's like, I don't want to make a shitty movie. Yeah. I want to make a good movie, you yeah. know, and I want to tell the stories I want to tell. And it's, you know, definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm headed toward like, maybe I just need to figure out how to do that on my own. But, you know, it's the last three years of being inside the system the way that I have and pitching and building the network that I had that kind of made that 
more possible in the way that I would want to do it for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, five years ago, given $2 million, I wouldn't have been able to make the movie I would want to make on my own. Five years ago with a studio, yeah, absolutely. Because then, you know, you have all these people helping you through the process. But there was so much about the process I didn't know yes. until now. Yes. Um, so now for the first time ever, I feel like, yeah, there, you know, if I can find the right thing that I could do for that one to two, yeah, I could I could do that now. The network I have, the people I could pull in, I, I feel like that's doable now. And the knowledge I have, um, it's just it's just you know which which way. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, no, hundred percent, man. And and you're is a valid thought because I very easily could end up in that same position, and you know, in four months, five months from now. So like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's the scary thing, right? Like yeah. I stopped in the beginning when like all this stuff started kicking off, I would excitedly tell like my family or whatever, I'd go to my brother and I'd be like, dude, th this is happening and it looks like this is going to happen. And then, and after six months, I was like, I'm going to stop telling yeah. people things. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, like even now there's some stuff, you know, stuff is going to like deals and whatnot, but nothing's signed. So I'm just like, yep. You know, um, cool. Mm -hmm. This could be cool. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. But then, even then, it's not greenlit. So okay. So okay. Cool. We're developing something officially, and money's changing hands. But that doesn't mean it's happening still. Like there's so many like like pathways you need to cross to like get to the end result. It's like, oh, okay. Here's another gate we need to burst through. Will we? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. So I'm always like, you know, hey, this is because my parents are awesome. They're super invested in, in, in what, I, what I do and everything. So they always want updates. And I'm always like, <laughs> okay, here's what's going on. But that doesn't mean it's happening. It's just a nice step in the right direction. But it could all fall apart. A hundred percent, man. And it, it's, it's funny how this we you talked briefly about being calloused and being uh you know hardened by it yeah it i agree and it's funny how like we have to because we're sometimes i feel like we're just these emotional <laughs> little vessels you know 100%. what i mean yeah it's just like i've got this idea to, and you're trying to convince yourself of it and you're like you're strong enough you're you're good enough to do this you know and, someone love me yeah yeah right so you go through this process <laughs> and then you start getting no no no's and rejections and you start going into pitch on things and you're like why the fuck am i pitching on this when i know it's not going to happen and so then you that, that mindset starts to sneak in there and for me then it's like I start putting on that shell, you know, like the armor starts coming on where it's like, I'm not going to prep this script until it happens. You know what I mean? And so like, I'm like, right. I'm not going to read this thing like it's going to fucking happen until it happens. And then this business has a way of prying open that little emotional tuna can <laughs> and, and, and just saying like, no, 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 you should be prepping. I go, yeah, but this, this, this version can change. Yeah, but you should still be prepping it. You should still be involved with it. You should still be completely. And it's like, so you want me to take my heart out of my chest and put it there with your foot standing over it. You're going to step on this fucking thing. I know you are. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent right. I really am. <laughs> and it's just like, God, but it, but, but like for this feature, right? So the one I'm prepping now, I was so concerned about getting into the prep process because the script was changing so radically. Like we'd turn yeah. in a draft. I think Will's written like 12 drafts and they've all gotten exponentially better. 
Um, and so there would always be a draft turned in and I went through the process of boarding out one that I thought was going to happen. And I literally boarded out, like hand boarded for three weeks, a whole opening sequence that is now gone. Like it just thrown the fuck out. And so you hit a point where you go, why am I doing this? Yeah. 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 And there's, you know, my girlfriend's behind me and she goes, yeah, but you're learning and you're prepping and you have all that. And I go, fuck that. Like, just, shut up. Stop talking to me. I love you, but Jesus, you don't know what you and, and so you get so emotionally upset about it. And then when I talked to the guys and I was like, hey, uh, what should I be doing? Like we're, we're pushing into COVID here. Uh, should I be working on something else? What should I do? And uh, my producer, this great guy, is like, just start working on it. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, is it is it okay? <laughs> Can I put my heart out there yet? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Start working on it. We're going to make this, so start working on it. And so giving into that again helped me break down that hard shell because that hard shell was really holding me back from being creative with anything and, yeah. and, and allowing myself... Who knows? Like all the shit that I just prepped could get tossed out. Yeah. Um, but allowing myself to understand that that's the that's the job. The job yeah. is to just continuously develop and come with uh, with ideas and work things out, and then just enjoy that step. Yeah. And, it, and if it goes, then you at least have that step that you can enjoy. You know. Totally. And that that's what that's what's kept me sane too. Is just like you know, um, you know, I joked, but you know, she's right. I am. You know, you you are learning by doing it. Even mm -hmm. if that part gets thrown out, it's like, all right. But I I lined up all these ingredients and I tasted them all. Yeah. And so I know I know what flavor these have now, and I didn't a minute ago. And I can now I can toss this into the new thing here or there. Oh, oh, you know what this could use? This could use a little of that seasoning that I toyed around with before. Or, you know, let me try something. And it's and it's just a treatment. So I'm like, oh, you know, let me try something wild with this character here that I wouldn't usually do. Let me try this and see how that, mm -hmm. you know, how that tastes in the stew. And and so there's a lot of stuff there that that ends up happening. And and like I said before, I've been I've been able to work with really lovely people, really great creative executives, really great producers. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, refined the blade quite a bit as well. You know, just collaborating in that way and getting feedback and like, oh, you, you know, you're right. And then being able to, because I come from, you know, as of four years ago, yes and no's came purely from me. If, if you know, here, this is exactly. written. Is it done? Yes, exactly. it is. Exactly. And, yeah, and now it's a world where I deliver something and a bunch of notes are given back to me. And in the beginning, it was this like immediate rejection, like, like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you know, like it was really hard at first. Like, you know, it was hard to separate because it's exactly what she said. No, no, no. This is the job. Yeah. No one's saying you're bad. Yeah. They wouldn't be giving you notes if you're bad. This is the job. It's like you're not going to write something, deliver it, and everybody applaud and be like, here's your Oscar. It's like, no, there's <laughs> something here. Let's continue to refine and find the diamond inside of there. And so that's been a huge education for me as well. And, and each new thing I do, I find that, you know, the because every note is a little bit of a cut. Mm -hmm. And I find the cuts, you know, they hurt less now because it's like, um, you know what it is? It's like it, it, it's such 
making something, at least for me, I mean, I know this part's for everyone, but uh, making something is such an emotional and intimate thing. And when you make it with somebody, it's, it's emotional and intimate. But unfortunately, there's also this business aspect to it. Yeah. So you do have to be a professional. And when you're making something outside of this environment, outside of this form of collaboration, having producers, bosses that, you know, they give a note and you have to address it. You're just in this very closed, intimate, emotional relationship where it's just, you know, feeding your wants and needs only. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's this open relationship, you know, and that's really hard to navigate. So it's really taught me to be professional, yeah. not just an artist, but a professional artist. And there is that business aspect to it, which, you know, sometimes can be kind of gross and, and you have to figure out a way to like compartmentalize and, and keep that side of what you need to do <clears throat> away from the creative side of what yeah. you need to do again, at least for me. But then there's a lot of it that no, that professionalism is what is refining the story into a much more beautiful, well-told engaging thing. Yep. Um, so, so it's like, you know, every time, even when they don't go, even when it gets passed on, every time I'm able to develop something with someone like that, it's refining that aspect of me that I didn't have until I was playing in this pool as well. And that, I think that's been one of the most valuable aspects of it. I agree with you, man. I really do. I care because that's what we want to make, you know? And when you look at what is the difference between like E.T., and you know my my version of et that i made at home it is all those other folks it's it's those yeah. people behind the scenes like yeah when you hear the stories of how tarantino decided to put music in his pieces that was a note from his producer that would that, yeah. that that's stimulated that and so that's what we're in this for collaboration and and it took me so long to learn that as far as the crew level was concerned it took me years and years of music videos and all that crap to, to figure that out. And then I don't know why it seems so foreign to me at first to be able to translate that same sort of collaborative process to the producers and to the people that are at the top end of it. And I think it's just fighting a lot of preconceived notions. Yes. Yeah. Cause even like some people would say stuff, you know, people who are not inside this and whether I'm venting or just saying where I'm at in the process, you get these kind of pre-canned responses about studios, mm -hmm. production companies, producers, where they think they're all these suited up, cheesy glasses, convertible, <laughs> greasy person that's trying to screw you over. And I'm like, no, they really want to make a great movie too. Yes. You know, and none of us know. No one knows, you know, Spielberg didn't know he was making Jaws when he made Jaws. He didn't know it was going to be what it was. You know, uh, there's interviews where he talked about how he thought it was the end of his career. And it's <laughs> one of the most iconic, it made the blockbuster. You know, it's like no one knows they're making a masterwork when they're in the midst of it. They just think they're screwing everything up. I was talking to one producer and he told me, which is on the top of my head because I just watched Speed last night and I just <laughs> I just fucking love that movie it's so much. Movie, yeah. I, I watch it like once or twice a year. I can't help myself. It's just <laughs> so good. It's like pure 90s gold. Yeah. But uh, the, I was talking to this guy and, um, and his mentor was the producer of Speed and apparently like when he showed it to the studio, he thought he was about to lose his job. He thought Dennis <laughs> Hopper was way over top. You know, he was like, I'm screwed. And then he shows it to the studio and they're like, my God, put more money behind the marketing. You know what I mean? So they say it's even at, you know, yeah. so it's like, no one really knows, you know, it's like a viral video. 
no one makes a viral video on purpose. They make a video, hopefully it'll go viral, but who friggin' knows instead yeah. a cat playing a keyboard does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's that too. It's just, you know, I, I totally agree. Like finding, because, you know, when I started, that was like a real like concerned for me. I was nervous, like the people I'm going to pitch to and stuff. And yeah. then you go in and you pitch and they're, they're fucking lovely, you know, and they got great notes and super insightful and very emotionally connected, like to what I just said, like you are feeding back to me theme that I didn't hit on very hard, but you totally like zeroed in on that. So they also have incredible skill in those areas as well. And um, even my managers, my managers have such an amazing sense of story. I've really lucked out. And when I was writing my feature, they were such a, a fantastic springboard. And at first, again, at first I was like, this is my story and my vision, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I would always go back and I was, you know, I would have my reaction and I would go back and I would read it again with what they were saying. And I'm like, damn it, they're right. Yeah. And then I made that change and all of a sudden like, oh shit, this is like legit 10 times better now. And then they would give more notes and then it was even better. And then on and on it went. So yeah, like breaking through those mental barriers also of, of those types of people um, you're collaborating with, that's kind of been like fed to us of like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you got the, I've had my interactions with the old school oh, yeah. folks that have that vibe. <laughs> oh, and it's, yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's the thing that it is the prepackaged assumption. Uh -huh, yes. Uh -huh. But everybody that I've met that's more in our age range or below is just really passionate about trying to make something really great. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's fascinating because it's a, we're constantly, we're constantly as filmmakers, we're constantly building new, new, techniques, new tools to handle a specific problem, right? And so when we're doing, at least for me, when I was doing my films on my end, and all, the only way I could get films like 12 cam to look like they did required a strong vision, but also required a strong voice because I'm rallying the troops consistently. And so like I, I'm, I'm going, this is the way it is. And let's work together on coming up with great options. That's a great option. That's a great option. But at the end of the day, I know what this thing is. And I need to be the person that is saying that it, to, in order to get like people to come work for free, in order to get people to give places for free, in order to instill that confidence all the way up, yeah. to, all the way up to the point for people to see it. Uh, you have to just be like, this is a vision. And that skill, when I started doing what I'm doing now with dealing with production companies, I would take that same trait and bring it towards working with producers and go, here's the vision. I've prepped this thing and I know what this thing needs to be and this thing needs to be the way that I'm working on. And I've just seen the abrasive effects of that. And it's like, oh, this technique doesn't work here. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So then what is this new technique here? And then you're playing with the client game to a certain extent where you're now dealing with, for quite some time, I was thinking of them as clients. And I'm like, okay, so then I need to process their info and their stuff and then sort of integrate it in, in such a way. But I also have to keep my hands in, in the sort of control over what this piece is going to be because I don't want to be that filmmaker that, you know, after the movie's made is going, I wish I had just stuck to my fucking vision. Like, I don't want to be that guy. So that's like a fear that I'm bringing into these at the same token. Yeah. And for, for months and months I was working that way. And then I'm now realizing that that doesn't work either. And, yeah. and so it's 
trying to learn on the go while we go into these spaces and go like, yeah, I fucking got it. And then you, you walk in and you go, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really what I'm now at is being able to admit that and just say like, I don't understand how this works. I just need you to understand the type of movie I want to make and the type of stuff that I like and what responds to me, but how can we do this together? And yeah. I'm, I'm going to trust you to help me with this. How, how do we do it? You know? Yeah. And, and type of movie is, is dead on for me. Like that's something else I had to learn too. I, I've been calling it the engine can't change, but the body of the car absolutely can, you know, because yeah. you come in with this thing and you're like, here's the thing. I have it fully flat. This is the movie. And then it's like, no, but I really like this. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they, they hook on to the core of it. That's the reason I want to make it. But the, you know, the, the outer shell, uh, not so much. Let's rework literally everything. Like to the point of one was like, it even shifted time periods, you know, <laughs> uh, it, we tried like 80, you know, it's an SUV. It's a pickup truck. Now it's a sports car. It's a freaking scooter. You know, <laughs> we tried all these different the, things for it to try to find, you know, what body is going to be best for this engine. And it's once I realized that, that as long as the engine doesn't, doesn't yeah. change, that's the reason I want to make this. And that usually comes down to thematic elements or, you know, what I want the audience to feel, you know, um, you know, how I feel when I'm watching like Indiana Jones or, or Speed, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not shifting that we're not, we didn't turn a comedy into a horror film or a horror film into a comedy. It's not like I'm all of a sudden making a romance film, you know, <laughs> that's not moving. What I want for the characters is, is staying there, but you know, the character doesn't have to die to have that end result of what I want. Okay. I can say that thing with her living if I do this instead. And, and I'm still saying that now, okay, the engine's still intact. Yeah. And that's been a huge lesson for me as well with that being able to be pliable while still maintaining, you know, the core of what makes me want to make the thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, you know, you have your set pieces that you're like, you really want to be in there, but okay, fine. They didn't land in here. I, now I have that, that I can plug in somewhere else. You know, that's, that's a set piece. Yeah. A set piece is candy. It's not, you know, the core of it. Yeah. Um, and so once I figured that out, that it's like, okay, the body of this thing, the color of this thing, all those things can change as long as that engine remains intact. Then I became really pliable and collaborating not only became a lot less stressful and possible, but a whole lot more fun. Cause then it's like, okay, let me see what you're saying. Let me try to do that here. Um, but then, you know, then there's other things that you learn as far as like, <clears throat> and you hear people say this all the time, like they gave me a note on B and I look at that and I'm like, mm, I think that's wrong, but it's bumping them. Let me look at A and C. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm, there's, this is happening mm -hmm, in A. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me shift this a little bit, send it back. All of a sudden the notes gone, but I didn't even touch B. And it's like, okay. hundred percent. That's, so it's that's like, editing. You know, figuring those elements out, being able to process the notes, yeah. you know, not necessarily like, I, I forget how everyone puts it, but it's like the intention behind the note, the, the note behind the note, I think is what everyone says. Um, <laughs> to where it's sometimes, which is, you know, it's not that they're dumb. It's not that they don't know. It's like, you know, they're being bumped. And I think this is why. And so, you know, I'm trying to be helpful and, and here's where I was bumped, but it doesn't mean it was that thing that did the bumping. It could have been before or after. It's like the wrapping of, did I not set you up enough 
for this to have impact. So it just felt flat, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and that's been a huge uh, learning curve as well, but, but um, something that's been massively helpful. And you know what's exciting? I, I don't want the listeners to think that we're bitching about this. There's something so exciting about this job consistently challenging us and consistently forcing it's like life it's like life really it's yeah. you're you're standing on these icebergs that are constantly moving and constantly shifting and you're you're trying to build a fucking house on them you know and yeah um you just have to be ready for the house to, to for the foundation to fall apart consistently and go like fuck okay all right what, what's the new grounds that we're on here and how does this work and um once you sort of let go of that that need to control that that need to to keep these walls up the way you want them up um then life becomes a little less stressful <laughs> totally and you know i and you know i'm in a time frame now that i've been working toward my entire life i'm not making the thing yet but there's a chance for the first time ever like yeah. i'm working with the people that could actually help make it happen like it could actually not be a dream you know this i'm I'm on the bridge walking across it i haven't made it to the other side but i'm actually i found the bridge like for 20 years i didn't even know where the damn bridge was <laughs> you know or what the bridge looked like to begin with is what state is it in i don't know so you know this end goal that i've always been working i'm i'm kind of you know i'm in the vicinity now i'm, I'm not at the plate but i'm in the stadium and that's incredibly exciting and being able to develop with these people even when it gets past like there's there is such a joy in that that to develop you know a story it it, it, it of course hurts and it's a gut punch when it gets passed on it's like okay well that's dead at least for now um but you know there you find that intense joy in those moments of the maybes and yeah um and just the developing of the stories and collaborating in that way like it you know, I, I, to, to go to what you're saying, it's definitely not bitching. It can be frustrating and everything, but it's also like entirely aware of how lucky yes. I am to be able to be, you know, developing with these sorts of people and, and even having a remote chance to be doing it. Cause it is such a hard thing to, to get into in any kind of real way. I mean, it took me, I, I graduated film school at 21. I'm 39 now, you mm -hmm, know, you mm -hmm. know, and I've been doing nothing but beating my head against the wall to get here since then. Yep. Um, even publicly with my show, using that to try to create a platform to get my name out there and put short films that people saw to hopefully the right person saw and wanted to talk to me, you know, um, and, you know, so, and the right people are finally talking to me and that's like the coolest <laughs> shit ever, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's great. And even if at the end of the day, all of this falls through and I have to just go make my own things for, you know, the audience that I have, the amount of like education I got out of it alone made it all worth it. Um, the people I was able to work with, the networks I've been able to correct. So, it, you know, it's all, um, you know, I'm all really very, very thankful for it all, but you know, it, it does, it still doesn't, you know, stop feeling, you know, the winded nature of it. Like we talked about before the frustration or the, I mean, more than anything else, I think it's like, man, what's the right, you know, cause sometimes right. there's, you know, I say that the next step, but sometimes there's two yeah. platforms in front of you and you're like, Oh, which one should I, uh, right. which one should I stand on? And, and, you know, sometimes you stand on the wrong one and you see the other one launched and you're like, damn yeah. it, I should have got on that <laughs> platform. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, yeah. And it's, 
You know what's I always I like having you on the show, Ryan, because you and I are <laughs> because it just turns into therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the two of us are basically the same two <laughs> dealing with shit. <laughs> um, but <sighs> I love it, man. And I had a good call the other day, and uh, I had a good call where we were just getting everybody aligned, and everybody was having trouble with this one thing, and we were all trying to focus it and. We worked it out and we we really got to a great point and I was asking the right questions and we were, it really felt good. And I remember I hung up the call and this is after like weeks and weeks of just like depression and, and like weeks of dealing with like doing music video editing and like frustrated with that industry and like just getting hardened and pissed. Um, and then after that phone call, I, I just looked at Gina and I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm supposed to do. Like that felt so good that this is what I'm supposed to do. I know yeah. that this is what I'm supposed to do. I know yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going the right way with this, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's a great moment to hit when you're like, and you know what? And, and I'm kind of good at it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of avenues that I've always been worried about. Cause I'm, I'm just intensely introverted. Like you wouldn't know it from my <laughs> show and everything. Like film riot has been uh, a massive blessing on so many levels, but one is, getting me to break out of my shell a little bit and um, being able to talk to people more and, be, and just be better at that stuff. When I was younger, I was pretty outgoing. I did like stage acting and crap like that. But I don't know, there's a time frame hit and then all that washed away and I just became this intensely shy, introverted person. <laughs> so I was always like, damn, and I want to be a director? I have to like command a set of 100 plus people? Like, how's that going to work? And then I have to pitch and when I first started pitching, it was horrifying for me. Yeah. Like, I just felt like I wanted to throw up. And then it was like, you know, and and I, I'm somebody who, it, even when I'm not nervous, like, you know, because the NAB stuff happens and I'll get brought out by a company and then I'll have to do a presentation or a Q&A and mm -hmm. it'll be in front of a crowd of people. And and even if I'm not nervous, like in a q and I'm not, you know, you're a little nervous. You're standing in front of people. You're never not nervous, but it's not nervous to the point of like, oh man, I'm I'm nervous, you know? Right. There's something about that atmosphere that adrenaline kicks in for me. <clears throat> and when that happens, like my hands get shaky, I get a little <laughs> short of breath and it's annoying. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm actually comfortable right now. I'm fine. <laughs> but my body's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Uh, so that was like a big concern for me of like, man, am I going to go into these pitch? And it's like, okay, go. And then everybody's just quietly looking at you and you have to be like, okay, here's my heart and soul. And am I going to be like, <laughs> and then the character, you know, what I, you know what I mean? Um, but then it was nice to find out that, yeah, there was a few times that that, that happened, but <clears throat> I was able to use the, you know, the small talk, the niceties to calm myself down. And so once it was time to go, everything was fine and it yeah. was good to go. And I wrangled it and I, and I nailed it and I was like proud of myself and, and it definitely helped like one, one pitch that we did was with like a, a, a an old Hollywood type has mm -hmm. produced iconic type films. And that was, so after mm -hmm. that, it was like, you know, everyone else was like, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be that scary. Like nothing's going to be that scary again, unless it's like <laughs> fucking Spielberg or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, okay. So that helps, you know, you rip off the bandit with those things, but that aspect of it too, of like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. Like I can do this. Like yeah. has been a, a, I think that's part of what I'm saying with, with all of the education of it, like just seeing that I can do it. Cause it's one thing to be able to do stuff and 
even when you put it online, you have people who love it, people who hated it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to gauge like, okay, like where am I at here? Right, <laughs> you know, I, you write a script yet? and you, yeah. you give it to your friends and collaborators. And it's like, you always have that in the back of your mind of like, uh, are they being nice? Yeah. Um, are, are they going at as hard at me as they need to? But then when you go to more of a production company or your managers, especially like on the call, they can be nice. But yeah. afterward, when they talk to your manager, there's no being nice. Yeah. You know, they, they say what they think. Yeah. Um, and so having those things has been a nice education as well of framing the like, all right, I can do this. And, and all this stuff has prepped me for even if it doesn't happen in this way, I can do this on my own even, you know? Yeah. No, it's right, dude. It's right. It's wild. And, and we're learning these. It's really interesting to hear you talk about it because we're both learning these things. And, and, and if we're both learning these things, then that is kind of the process for this. Like it is like, especially if you're coming from the same sort of background that Ryan and I come from, where you're doing all your stuff on your own and just know that the skills that you needed to, to get there, the skills that you needed to get to the point where people start to look at stuff and you get into rooms and you pitch, um, Th- those are great and important, but then you have a whole new set of skills that you yeah. have to learn and be ready I feel, for that. I feel like you're just always learning no matter what. It feels like that's just never going to stop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've had like director friends that they made a movie that I thought was fantastic with filmmakers that I was like, oh shit. But then they were doing something that was a little different that I've done short films that did that thing. And they were asking me for advice. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what are you saying to me? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I, you know, I want to do this thing. What do you think? And how would you handle it? And I'm like, well, I would, what? I would handle it like this. So, you know, and, and, and everybody that I know still says that, you know, people who have like four or five movies under their belt, they still say that like, oh man, I don't know how to do this. So it seems like it never really stops. And yeah. So it's like, I'm just buckled it. But I mean, if it did, would it still be as fun? You know, I mean, a part of it is like the discovery, you know, you're telling the story, but you're always discovering new ways to tell it, or this character needs to be this way or do this thing. And and we should try this sort of thing. And okay, well, how do I do that? I've never done that before. That's a part of the excitement to me. You know, it's like having yeah. a perpetual first date to some extent. Yeah, there is a part of me, though, that like wants to just, you know, so, like be allowed to be like, okay, so we're making a feature right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm making a feature right now. <laughs> like, like, yes. like if you can 100%. <laughs> so you get that, but you're, you're like, okay, fine. I can let go of that. I can let go of like all yeah. the decisions yeah. that I'm making may not ha- make this movie fucking happen. Are we doing it? Okay, great. All right. Let me learn in this new fucking mindset. <laughs> 100%. I would love to get to that part. Yeah. Like that would be nice. If we, can we just get a, a button on my desk that glows green when it's a yes and red when it's a no. Uh, it's the worst too when like you you pitch something and then you you don't get a yes or a no. It's just you just never hear back. You're like, okay, so that was a no. <laughs> yeah, those are the those are the worst too. And, and and even worse than that is like when you pitch and you do something and, you, and the pitch goes so fucking well and you're getting yeah. a great response from that other person and yeah. they're jumping, they're like leaning forward on the seat going, oh, and I see the connection between the and you're like, yeah, and, they, and you start to have like that, you get past that that awkward sort of anxiety of the pitch and it becomes a conversation between two people. Yes. And then, and then you're like, man, and you walk out of the room and you go, fuck, we were, they were in it. Mm-hmm. And, and you go, yeah, and they really like it. And then nothing happens. 
Yeah, because it's like, you know, I've had so many pitches where it almost became collaborative within the pitch. And it's like you're saying like, oh, and this could happen. And you're like, yeah, we totally could do it that way. And that's actually what I was thinking. You know, and you get excited because you're like, dude, you're seeing what I'm seeing. And it's not like they're interrupting me with that mid pitch. You know, you pitch (laughs) it and then afterwards they start asking questions and, you know, they're excited about it. And you're that makes you more excited. And they're like, oh, what about this? What about that? And you're like, yes, exactly. And, and, and now you're talking about other story elements that weren't even in the pitch. And it and it starts to feel collaborative. And you're like, wow, okay. But even when, like, there's been quite a few times where the creative executive that's hearing or, you know, the development executive, whoever it was, is hearing the pitch. And they're excited and they want it. Now they have to try to push it through to yes. the people who actually say yes or no. Yes. Um, and that's where it <laughs> has died more often than not. I would say, you know, more often than not, the person I pitched to actually wanted it. And then it died after that, yeah. um, which was a bummer. There was one very large, like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, hmm, company. <laughs> that um, for a half second wanted there comes a knocking and the call I was going to have was a development call. And so I'm like, I'm like prepping stuff on what questions could be asked. I'm, I'm like, you know, this is crazy. And then you get on the call and then it just ended up being a general and not a development call in any way. And I was like, what just happened? And then I talked to my managers and it turns out right before the call, the higher ups changed their mind and passed on it. And I was like, oh. Got it. So it's like, it's just, it's crazy how many barriers to entry there are still. Mm-hmm. Like even when like, oh my God, they really like, they straight up just told me they want it and they're going to try to pitch to, you know, get the the higher ups to say yes. Um, and then that, it dies there. But even, but then, you know, this is a production company. So then if they say yes, now you're developing it with them to then take to studios. Yep. And the studio still has to say yes. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy how many how many barriers there are. Yeah, and then you know you at least I do. I like romanticize what it must have been like. <laughs> you know what I mean? When uh, when it wasn't these giant corporations that were running these studios, and there weren't that many. Well, maybe there was, and I just don't know. It just seems like there weren't as many uh, steps in that ladder to have to get to the guy at the top. Like you know, you have that romantic vision of what Hollywood used to be like walking into an office with a dude and a cigar hanging out of his mouth and sell me your movie, kid. You know, <laughs> you go in there and you pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's what like, do you got, babe? what do you got? And he's just like, I love it. Or uh, we'll make this happen. You know? And then, then the this movie is going to be my next picture. Yeah. And you're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> all right, cool. And these days if you feel like if there is that guy with a cigar, He's like on a yacht somewhere and <laughs> he's just like leaning back going like, all right, I've put five people in between me and the filmmakers so that I don't feel bad when I say no. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. And you just go in like to that first person that you sell it to. They go, we love it. We love it. And half the time I want to go, when you bring me back in, when you pitch it up, <laughs> like, can I be here to help you pitch it up? Cause I don't know how good of a pitch artist you are. <laughs> like, can, Yeah. Can, That's can, why I always want to do um, pitch videos yeah, uh, and I keep being told no. Yeah, uh, and it's like I don't understand why no. Like I get some of the like, okay, you know, if we get on a call together, you can't be distracted. You have to, you know, you're going to be polite and respectful, and you're going to fully pay attention to what I'm saying. So you have that, and then they can ask questions immediately after. But usually, I don't find I haven't found a lot of value in that yet because even me, like when friends send me scripts and stuff. 
I never respond right away. I want to process it. I want to think about it. You know, sometimes I'll read it twice, you know, to, mm-hmm. and then you can really give thoughtful feedback or have thoughtful questions. So it's like, I think I'm just going to make one and like, or two and send them to my managers. And cause that just seems like, cause then you could do imagery better. You know, right now when I pitch, I'll, you know, you're on zoom and I have my, you know, black magic 4k hooked up to an Ada mini. So it looks good on me. And then I have my iPad connected into zoom. And so I'm running my slides through the iPad. So it's getting this visual, you know, Mm-hmm. I have like hundred slides and they just go along with the story perfectly and whatever. But if it's a video, I can do more with those images. I can have the rip reel started out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can put in music. I can put in sound effects, you know, um, and then really get across. And then not only that, every single time it's pitched, it's pitched. It's the perfect version of the pitch, you know, for me that I, here's the, cause you know, sometimes you're like, I fucking nailed that. And sometimes you're like, wow, I flubbed that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not, you're not the same every time, you know, something trips you up or you read it wrong or whatever. Um, and then not only that, it solves the issue that you're saying, like I pitched it to you, you loved it. Great. Just show this video to the higher ups. It's the exact, you know, pitch. pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, you know, watch it while you're eating lunch, (laughs) you know, that's fine. Uh, Um, I don't know, but so far it's just been a bunch of no's even, you know, when, when working with some development execs and we're, you know, I did one recently where we were taking it to the president of film and the CEO to pitch it and we developed it out and I was like, Hey, I could just do a video and, and, you know, it was like, no, let's do it live. And, and I get, again, I get the reasonings to it, but I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like that it's just um, resistance to a new way of doing it and not necessarily, you know, um, mm-hmm. this current way being the better way. Because mm-hmm. I don't see how it is, you know. The, think about what the end result is. All right, well, let's pitch it closer to that way of doing it, you know. It's not going to be a full film. And I guess maybe it's because, you know, not everyone's like you and me where we could just go off in a room and put right. together this very polished production of something. So maybe that's a part of it. You know, they're used to seeing ones that maybe that aren't so great. I don't know. Uh, it's weird. There's a lot of variables in there. I've I've done it once I actually did it once when we were trying to get an actor. So there was an actor that we wanted to attach to one of the films. And um, we were having so much trouble getting a response because of, it turns out that that actor, you never really think about this as the filmmaker that's trying to get out there, but that actor was going through some sort of, it wasn't a personal crisis, but he was sort of going through uh, uh, an industry crisis of like, the movies that he was leading weren't really doing well. And so he was going back and forth. Do I become a supporting guy? What, what's going on? So all this shit's mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes that I don't know anything about. In my head, I'm just talking to my producers and like, if we get this guy attached then the movie goes. And so it's like, okay, cool. Send him the script, send him the shit. And then like months go by. And and I'm just like going, what the fuck? And so like I, I'm writing emails to the to the guys, calling the guys going, what's happening? Have you called? Have you talked to him? What's going on? Well, we checked in and he's got a lot going on and we're trying not to push him, but it'll happen. He's going to read it. And so months and months and months go by. And that's the, you start hearing those fucking train cars stop, dun, 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 you know, and you're just like, fuck. And so I kept saying to my team, I kept saying, I wish I could be there to just pitch my vision of this movie to this person. I wish that I was a uh, uh, an accomplished enough director with a fan base. I wish I was like a Tarantino with a fan base where I could just walk in there and just go, here's the vision 
of what this movie yeah. is. And here's how I think this is going to happen. And they kept saying, well, he's not going to get on the Zoom. He's not going to do any of this stuff. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. And so I was like sitting in, in my place. And it was a, right before a weekend. And I went, fuck it. I'm just going to make a video. And so I just made a video and shot myself really quick and was like, hey, talk to him. And I said, hey, here's the deal. Here's who I am. Here's who I come from. Here's my tone. Here's my vision. Here's everything that's involved with this. Uh, I know that you're about to read the script. I just want you to, to know who I am before you read it. And I sent the video to my team and they were like, we love it. Let's send it. And I was like, really? And they go, yeah, we'll send it. We'll send it to the actor. We'll, we'll, we'll send it up. Um, and it, ultimately he ended up passing. <laughs> so it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't actually, you know, pull the, the, the shit that I wanted, but there hit a point where I go, I, I now know that he's not passing because he doesn't understand my vision. He doesn't understand my tone. He's passing because yeah. of whatever he's going through. Uh, yeah. You know? And so it felt better to me that I was able to do that, you know? Yeah, totally. And and one thing that I really like about it is, again, what you can learn from it. Like when you do a pitch, you definitely learn from it, but you're not really seeing your own performance. You can't record the thing. Yeah. You know, if you try to record it on Zoom, it's like, Ryan is recording. <laughs> you know? So you can't, and that's, you know, not really ethical. You can't just record people without them knowing it. And everybody would be like, this is really fucking weird. Um, so I do that when I practice it, I'll record and I'll try to watch it back and assess myself and everything like that. But if you, if you do, I feel like if you do a video, I might disagree with myself once I do it. I'm going to do it though. But if you do a video, I feel like, you know, you're refining the performance of that pitch and performance meaning getting across your vision and how you're telling it and where to have your pauses to really emphasize the story you're trying. You're, you're being a storyteller, mm -hmm. you know, you're sitting down and telling that story. And I think as a, as a director, that's, you know, a really vital, um, you know, skill to be able to have is to be a verbal storyteller to get people like what you were saying, like sit down in a room and be like, this is my, this is why it's exciting. This is yeah. my vision. This is the story. This is what we're doing. Um, and I feel like it's just one other thing that will also refine that. And I really like, like when I'm building treatments and stuff, I actually have an episode coming that talks a little bit about this, but I like to iterate like crazy, even when it's just a treatment. And even when the treatment's locked, <clears throat> you know, I start finding, you know, I think we all, we all do this, you know, you start finding the visuals and everything and that starts to shape stuff and you start to mm -hmm. feel it more because it's a little more tangible and, Oh, no, it's not green. I was wrong. That's not right. That's not right. It's over here a little bit. It's, it's cyan. Okay. Okay. That's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That sort of a thing. Um, and then even with the music that, you know, you play with and as I build out, you know, my visual decks and everything, um, you do your, you know, fantasy casting, all that stuff. It, it all kind of iterates on the idea and refines it in ways that I hadn't thought of before when you're just looking at, you know, a white page with black text all over it and that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that would just be one more avenue to iterate and this music actually isn't right over this part. And, and, and it's not necessarily, you know, the temple of sort of scenario. It's, it's, you know, finding that tonal balance of, you know, that final expression mm -hmm. that I think is really interesting. You're right, dude. It, I'm very similar to that. I feel like I have to talk it out often. And yes, you know, when I'm deep, like, even if I'm getting on a call and we're, we're all sitting around, and there's a problem that we're trying to solve. And I'm just like, okay, I just got to talk this out. I just got to hear myself talk about it. Especially like, cause when you say it out loud, you're like, Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Or Hey, or you get more excited and you keep going. You're like, Oh, okay. It's good. Yeah. 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 And sometimes I, I know like the crew like rolls their eyes and like, okay, Mike's going to start talking. <laughs> but there, there is this point of, of just hearing it and going, all right, 
Right. And then seeing how people are reacting to what it is that you're saying, and you go, all right, okay. All right. I, it's important. It's weird. And then being confident in your own process is also fat. There's a whole other conversation, but it's a, it's a fascinating yeah. thing to be like, look, I got to fucking talk it out. I know, I know it might be awkward for you guys, but uh, strap yourselves in. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's, you know, buckle up, baby. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, it's just about us. The theme of our show is just us bitching about the fact <laughs> that we haven't had the opportunity to make the first one and we're so goddamn close. Um, and once you do that first one, then it's, there's something so nice about your management team being like, okay, check out his first film and then read the script because then the, the actor can go, I love that movie. Or I love what he did with the talent in that movie. I love, I don't, and there's oftentimes where, where actors will look at it and go, I don't even care what the script is that this guy is someone that I want to collaborate with. And I've seen on screen him do the kind of stuff that I've always dreamt that I'd be doing. And, yeah. And there's a power to that. And it feels like we're talking about making videos or, or, or doing like these uh, mood boards or anything else. We're, we're desperately trying to convey what we know exists within our own minds to people that haven't witnessed it yet. Yeah. And that's yeah. incredibly fucking frustrating, especially when you're pulling pictures for mood boards and you're just pulling images from other movies and you're like, look, the the fucking one third of this frame represents anything of what I'm thinking about. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, do you find that is frustrating? Yeah, I end up doing a lot of Photoshop work. Like on the last one I did, the majority, I would say, 65% of the images were altered quite heavily. You know, I'll take images from three different films and comp them in to get the thing that I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind doing that work because again, I'm, you know, I'm dialing things in and like, well, what if it looked like this? What if it looked like that? And then it also helps me steer away from things of like, <clears throat> oh, here's this moment. Let me try to find a movie that has this moment. And like 50 movies have the exact <laughs> moment. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should shift gears here a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it helps with that too, you know, all those different things. But it's just a weird, interesting thing where we're trying to, a part of, we're pitching the story, but we're also pitching to, you know, gain the confidence of the people who have to bet on us because we're yeah. Vegas, man, you know, they're coming and they're playing the slots with us and, you know, what's it going to land on? So we have to try to convey the confidence and, you know, be you know, tell them they can bet on us because I mean, every movie is a, you know, a startup company essentially. And they're deciding, okay, this person who's never done a startup is now going to be the CEO and right. I'm going to invest all this money in this, you know, in this startup. And so I do have sympathy for that as well. So my brain's just always wrapping around like, what can I do to convey that confidence, you know, mm -hmm. to, to like, or, or to earn that confidence at least enough to, to get this ball rolling, you know, as you have, you know, and, and hopefully that ball keeps rolling. sounds like it absolutely will, which is exciting. Hopefully. But that's like constantly like, you know, the thought of, of you know, how do I convince them that I'm the right CEO for this startup and that we could do this and, you know, it, they're not going to lose their shirt on this. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. What a weird business that we decided to. It really is. Fucking torture it ourselves. It really, really is. You know? Like it's, it's like this emotionally abusive, beautiful <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah. And the longer you're in it, you're just like, I know I'm, I'm wounded. You're just like limping around. <laughs> yeah. 
And, the, yeah. and you're supposed to feel like excited and like, you know, young about it. And you're just like, no, please smash me around a bit more, please. I yeah, love no, it. now we just have all this baggage. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're tainted goods now, man. Uh, if it wasn't so fucking cool, like if it yeah. wasn't so goddamn good to do. And when you're, when you're on that set and when you're in the edit and you start putting pieces together and you go, yes, yes. And it just starts to flow and the thing takes its own life. It doesn't take its own life. It takes a life of its own. <laughs> it takes a life of its own. <laughs> uh, and, and it starts to become this thing. And then you get, you open yourself up to collaborations from your crew, but also this whole new world that I'm tackling this, the collaborations with the, the people that you're producing it with. And yeah, it, it, it becomes this storm that you're sort of standing in the center of. And just like, for me, like wide eyed looking around going, I can't believe that this is all happening and swirling yeah. here yeah and i think like you know every filmmaker i talk to says the same thing it's like i can't not like it's 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 a it's almost a sickness like i'm infected with this thing and i yeah i just can't not there is no backup plan it's like it's i'm just gonna keep trying to do this until i'm in the ground pretty much you know <laughs> and it's like you know doing it in really any real facet you know even developing when you're developed, you know, sometimes I've developed something where I was just so discouraged and I'm like, this isn't going. And, and, you know, so it's a little disheartening because now you're just writing something for you only and no audience whatsoever. And it's probably going to die at this production company because it's not necessarily yours to take elsewhere, you mm -hmm. know, so there <clears throat> you have sort of those moments, but even in the de development, like whenever you're putting together a story or even more so when, you know, in the other aspects, when you're collaborating and you're creating it on set and like you said, in the edit and, and then releasing it to the world, it's all stuff that at least me, I can't fully articulate as much as I couldn't fully articulate what it was like when, you know, uh, my child was first born. There's just this right. feeling, there's this like instant, like this purpose identity, this thing that just is firing all at the same time. That's not really easy to put into words. And it, and it seems kind of silly and like, it's just a movie, but to us, it's not just a movie. Yeah. Like, it's so much more yeah. that we can't even articulate. Like to you, you just sat down and you pop popcorn while you liked it or not. Right. To us, it's breathing, you know? So it's like, it's just a weird different thing <laughs> that, that, that we didn't even choose. Cause sometimes I'm like, man, what a business I chose to be in. It's not choose. It's like, we didn't choose <laughs> this. It chose us, you know, and we can't help it. Like, and then it's just abusive to yeah. us. It's like, why are you going to choose? me and then ignore me <laughs> that's exactly it and then why are you gonna turn around and beat me with like eight arms like what is going on why what do you is, have so many arms what is happening no one told me that there was this many arms like what the hell just use one arm that's enough <laughs> oh man yeah but you you you're right that at the end of the day there isn't there isn't a there isn't another thing I could do and once I just got to make the first one, once I feel like I'm not going to fuck it up, like there's just, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? When you get over that thing where you're like, okay, is my inexperience going to fuck this thing up? Am I, am I going to fuck this up? And, um, it's, it's sort of coming to terms with that fear, I think, and, yeah. and, and getting past yeah. that fear. What, what helps is kind of the conversations with my, my other friends who've done it already. And they say all the same things that I do. And they're like, oh man, I was so surprised that I, when I got in there, I just, it just, I just was able to do it and, and all these things fell into place and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how I felt like 
ballistic was the biggest career I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, I dry heaved before my first day, <laughs> you know, like legit dry heaved. I had like blood marks all over like my face, you know, these little dots. I was like, oh man, people Whoa. are going to see this. But it was like, thankfully it was like, we started at like 4 a.m. So no, but it was like, I knew the amount I was biting off yeah. um, and how, not just how difficult the shoot was going to be, the lack of resources we had while I was still reaching for the thing, the lack of money we had, but I was still reaching for the thing. So I really jumped hoping the parachute was going to work. And, you know, there are aspects of it that when you're sitting there, no one knows the amount of like stress, but you, because you're the one that's thinking, okay, these are the shots we need. This is the time we have Yep, absolutely not doable. Yep. And no one knows that but you. And yep. these are the days we have. This is the money we have. There's no extending that. So now you're quietly just directing the scene. And while you're directing the scene, you're also in the back of your mind replanning the next one and the next one. And what can I cut? What can I absolutely not cut? How can I reshape everything? But, you know, when I did that or even there comes a not, every time I do something, I'm always like, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can wrangle these eight cameras and, hey, what we thought we had, we don't. And this is actually completely shifted and a new location to what we could have used so that like uh, like uh, intricate action sequence that was planned out and ready to go, not a thing anymore. And you have 15 minutes to completely <laughs> replan the whole thing and figure out what you're doing with eight cameras. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did, yeah, you know, yeah. and and to hear like my, you know, filmmaker friends who've done the features say the same thing that kind of that gives me comfort of like yeah man i could do that and and the big plus you know which there comes a knocking was this for me ballistic was this for me you're working with people who also can do that yeah so you're not you know going into battle alone you're going battle in you know into battle with your regiment and you're all you know you're to you're together on this thing unified um but it's just got to put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I've said that on so many calls. It's so funny. Quoted the same thing. I'm ready, coach. Put me in. Put me in. Put me in. Yeah. It, yeah. And you know what's great about that, though, is we can rely on the years of training that we've given ourselves, the years of experience that we've put ourselves through uh, to be able to make a good piece. You know, like at the end of the day, yeah. these folks need us. You know, like uh, production companies and studios are looking for filmmakers because they need they need storytellers, they need vision, they need vision for these pieces. And a lot of these these companies don't know how to keep that vision. They don't know how to put a vision together, um, and so they need that skill that we have, which is great. Um, and so knowing that when we finally get the go for this, knowing that when it's finally going to happen, it's like breathing. It's like jumping on a bike again where you're like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm just going to pedal. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the new shit. It's this, it's the, the new learning, the new battlefield in this war, which is the pre and the pitch and the, oh yeah the gatekeeper game and yeah. the actor thing. And, and this is, uh, something that. There aren't any fucking YouTube videos about. This is something that <laughs> no. you can't you can't practice at home. This is something that I can't save up a bunch of money and go, all right, so now I'm going to try to get a Hollywood actor invested in a script. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to learn this under the gun and we have to learn this with the stress of if I fuck this up, then I fuck it all up, you know? And so that to me has been this fascinating anxiety that, I'm, that I've been working really hard through quarantine to curb. 
uh, and, yeah. and just be like, it's, a, it's fine, dude. <laughs> like just trust that the people around you are going to do what they're going to, what they say that they're going to do, which being an East coaster is tough. Cause I'm like, what the fuck does this guy want? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so like that's, that's difficult. And like, thankfully now that I'm out here in LA, I'm like, it's just like, I'm seeing people be nice for the sake of being nice. And I'm like, this makes no fucking sense to me. Totally. So, you know, you're 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 a really nice person. Yeah, I'm a really nice why, person. Why are you waving at me? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? And they're like, no, I'm really nice. I go, oh, okay, cool. Does this mean I'm I'm not a nice person? They go, well, you should probably work on that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm the asshole. Oh shit, I am. <laughs> Where I'm from, I'm the nice guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm the tame motherfucker. You know. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's fascinating, man. It's fun. It's cool. It's fascinating. And look, we've been talking and ranting long enough, I think. Um, I love having you on the show, Ryan. Uh, I want to continue to have you on the show as we yeah, man. as we push further in our careers because I there's a parallel that's happening, and I'm just fascinated to go like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking through different dimensions. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that movie. What is it? Frequency. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like, did you did this happen to you? And you're just like, yeah, this just happened to me. It's like, of course it did. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me be a little bit further in the future, and I'll warn you about this next time. You know, so <laughs> that'd be great, actually. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Just tell me which thing to do, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing that with Gina, who my girlfriend, who is now directing music videos. She started as a fashion photographer. Oh, awesome. And I've said this on the show and she's become huge at this point. She's doing like big, big, uh, 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 pop star acts and all this really great stuff. But she got into a position where it's like, I got to start directing. And, and luckily she's, she's got this old crusty motherfucker behind her. <laughs> and so there just hits a point where I'm always like, okay, okay, before you do this, here's a list of things that I see coming. And I've, I've done this before and she's really great with it because she'll look at it and go, okay, I like this. And I like this. I like this. And I love being able to hand her a footstool and just say like, here comes a bunch of shit. Just step over it and then just continue yeah. to go up higher. And, uh, all I've ever wanted in my career is someone to do that for me. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. There's like so many people where I'm like, I kind of wish you were my mentor, but we're just just friends. Yeah, can you please just... It feels more like peers, yeah. but I'm like, anyone? <laughs> can you please just like, you know, and it, it, so hopefully, I think the guys that I'm working with right now are going to be a very good part of that for me. Which is, yeah. in itself is also interesting because I have to let go of like that, I guess it's ego, but that, you know, overconfidence where it's just like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And, the, and, yeah, and yeah, to, for sure. to allow myself to go like, guys, you know more than me. Um, and I understand, I like, I think one of my big, without going too deep into it, but one of my big lessons that I learned was as I, I was on this call, I was on this call developing this, this thing with, um, one of the producers who's also a well-known actor, and this is someone that we all know. And uh, he's wonderful. One of the best people that I've ever met in the industry, really wonderful person. And he's- You gotta tell me who this is offline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we're, we're talking through this bit, and I'm trying to express um, a specific emotion that I need to happen in this thing. And so I start to like, <laughs> fucking dickhead. I start to describe like, look, it's very similar to what happened with George Miller when he did 
Mad Max and, and this whole moment that happened with this. And so I start to explain what I've read and what I understand from George Miller, which was very relevant to that case. And it helped make the case. And they, they were just like, oh, we got it. We got what you're thinking. Okay, that's great. And then afterwards, being such, <laughs> being such a fucking idiot, I didn't think for a second of who that actor was. And then I was like, let me just look at his IMDb. And I went to the IMDb and I'm like, he's worked with George Miller. I'm such a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a fucking asshole. It's what? Like, it's like, oh God, and he was so nice and he was so gracious about it. And I'm just like, Mike, you gotta learn a lot of what worked for you with dealing with crews, especially East Coast crews is not gonna work out here. You gotta fucking, yeah. you gotta dial it back, dude. Totally. Um, you never know what that person oh has done God. or who they've done it with. And it's, 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 it's tough to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, awesome. Thank you so much, man. And for those of you listening, are you, you're still doing the podcast, right? Are you still doing the podcast or you're just doing film ride? Yeah. Yeah. I take, uh, I kind of do it in like seasons. I'll take breaks because of everything that's going on and then I'll come back, but it's, uh, coming back next month. Hells yes. I will yeah. definitely be listening. And then uh, I have been loving all of the Film Riot content as usual. Thanks, man. Um, and uh, as always, brother, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. There it is. Um, great episode. It, it really was a therapy session for the two of us. We got, we talked offline a little bit, and we uh, talked about a lot of stuff that I'm not allowed to tell you guys about. And um, Ryan's up to a lot of really good shit, man. And um, I cannot wait to see um, what what it is that breaks him. And by breaks him, I mean like it finally goes for him. Like what movie it is. That he gets going because he's incredibly talented he's such a nice guy i really enjoy him i know that if he was out here in los angeles we'd probably be hanging out all the time which is bad because if we touch each other in any way then the uh we're both going to explode and the universe is going to blow up because we are the same person from different dimensions we've talked about this before um but uh i i really enjoyed it it was nice to sort of talk this thing out and to hear that he is dealing with the same thing and I hope that you guys get that. I hope you. I hope if anything, this episode gives you the confidence to to open up to your peers, to open up to your friends, and ask them their opinions, and say, "Hey, man, how do I pull this together?" And to to know that it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay. It's actually better for you to not have all the answers, and and to be willing to open that up and and talk about everything. So, thanks, guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to us. And thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we got a lot more episodes planned. I'm trying to to build a backlog. I'm a little behind. So this, this episode is pretty current. Um, but uh, plenty more on the way. I'm going to try to build our backlog before I get into the production on this. So that way the show doesn't go anywhere. <sighs> but that's it. I'm tired. I've talked too long. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>